One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com/switch. $45 upfront for 3 months plus taxes and fees. Promo rate for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello Egg Chasers. It's the Egg Chasers Rugby Podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And I cannot believe it is only seven or eight days since the Rugby World Cup final. Thank God it's over. Oh, <laughs> Thank God it's over. How good's the premiership? What a week. The, yeah, the... so much has happened in this last week. <laughs> I can't believe we were slumming it with international rugby for so long. <laughs> Nothing happened. Nothing so, happened in the World Cup. Those last two weekends as well, only two games in a week. Pathetic. Yeah, Awful. It is shambolic. <laughs> so, uh, yes, we've got lots and lots to get through on this podcast. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, make sure you hit subscribe in your feed uh, because you may have already missed, for example, if you're not subscribed, you may have missed one of three podcasts that we gave you in the last seven days, excluding this one, including a salary cap special mm. straight after the news of the, the salary cap breach from Saracens it's right there in your feed hit subscribe follow us at Twitter at Rugby Podcast he's at Jay Beardmore that's JB hello I'm Tim at Cocker and Phil there hello lurking in your DMs somewhere right I'll tell you what let's actually stick with the salary cap then as we say we're not going to go over all the old ground we covered on that salary cap special but what was your view on the reaction to the salary cap from other club owners other DORs, players. Broadly okay with it. Uh, Very much understandable. Very much understandable. Um, The only thing you would have to worry about is if some club owners um, came out and said, my word, this is terrible, only to be found out to be up to their own shenanigans, I'd be very, very cautious. Um, Well, I would would have... Yes. Anyone who has anything even that they might think could even potentially be interpreted <laughs> yeah. as dodgy, I'm sure wouldn't have come out and made a statement. Well, I mean, they're getting well, you'd into... think they wouldn't. Look, yeah. they're, they're getting into the realms of politicians here, aren't, aren't they? We know some politicians are corrupt. And so if you're a politician, don't do anything wrong. Because even if you do something like, I don't know, claim for the removal of your wisteria on, on expenses, not crime of the century, you're automatically told as the worst... The yeah. worst of the worst. Yeah. So they've got to be beyond white. So I'd be very careful. And maybe that does account for why so few uh, clubs have come forward strongly. There's only really Tony Rowe, isn't there? Not uh, heard yeah. like... the, the Harlequins boys, Rob Shaw, uh, and I think Care as well. Yeah. Right. In, in terms of club owners, it was Tony well, Rowe. Tony um, Rowe was. Uh, in, in terms of DORs, it was. Um, Rob Baxter. By the way, we know Tony Rowe doesn't own the club before we say anything. Yeah, uh, Rob Baxter. Uh, I mean, 
admittedly that's partly because they were the ones that people wanted to hear from because of yeah. their involvement in the, in the finals against Saracens and the other people that were asked were the coaches that were involved in the games over the weekend when they were asked and a lot of them like Di Young for example just batted it straight back and said we don't comment on other clubs yeah, yeah which is a perfectly reasonable way to deal with things I think yes absolutely um, a lot of the reaction from fans um, is understandable as well yep mm-hmm. um, some having a bit of sport with it, like some of the Gloucester fans with the minus twenty six uh, fezes, and the should it be minus twenty two by, by the end of the day? <laughs> well, <laughs> not sure they adjusted it. <laughs> but it's good to get a bit of sport with that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, I I do think I can't remember who said it, but um, I do feel a little bit so- sorry for the Saracens fans um, who, if they're getting now. There's two th- two sides to it. Yeah. They've had the benefit of the last few years of, of amazing teams, amazing performances. They should be able to take some banter. The banter shouldn't step over the line because they've, exactly they've, had, right. they've had nothing to do yeah. with it. I, this is where I think you're right, Phil. In fact, I 100% back, I think, what you're saying, which is it's about proportionality now, isn't it? Like, they've done something wrong. That's fine. Sorry, yeah. Well, it's not fine, but it's they'll get punished through it that way. Um, and that, in terms of Saracens and their fans... Uh, you know, by all means, get in, get into them, but it, sh- it shouldn't go any. And, I, and, no. and, and there's no suggestion that it, it would go. No, and, go and, any further. and they should expect and take a, a, a little bit, a, a bit of banter. Yeah. Yes. And if it's done in, you know, it should never cross a line. We know no. what the line is, but at a rugby ground, there should be stick given to fans for Absolutely. all manner of reasons. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and that's I think, part um, of it. Strangely enough, I did the in the pre-match interviews at Sale. Um, oh, when the when the first accusations came out in the Daily Mail, uh, and the opening was something like, um, uh, "Welcome, AJ McGinty. If he was a Saracens player, he'd already be a multi-millionaire uh, pro- <laughs> property company owner. Something, some, something <laughs> like that. Yeah. I and mean, that's basically where you're, a- where, yeah. where you're aiming at. But nothing more. And I don't think anything more has I, happened. Can I just add a group of people that I have real massive sympathy for? Saracens players as well. Yeah, mm. even the pl- well, no, even the players that have medals, because y- you cannot stop the fact that they gave everything and grafted and worked so damn hard. And now, yeah, and now, now, obviously there was an unfair advantage, and that's and I'm not, I'm not trying to negate that, but the hard work that they sacrificed, just like every other team, just like Exeter players might feel aggrieved, or Gloucester players, players might feel aggrieved. Harlequins, whatever. Uh, Saracens players yeah. will feel aggrieved because they're going to look at those medals you know, that I, they earn in a very, very different way. So, uh, Harlequins, I think John Kingston said something really, really um, pro- uh, profound. I guess it's profound. When he mentioned about Jordan Hall, Hall Turner? Jordan Turner. Turner Hall. Jordan Turner Hall. He said they had a load of boys up, up for renegotiation. Jordan, yeah, three. Jordan Turner Hall, um, uh, U- U- Ugo, Ugo Mon, and yeah. Dave Strettle. And the yeah. first. The first guys to accept the deals got the deals. Simple as that. Now, Strettle left and went Strettle to Saracens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, dear. Um, now, the reason I mention that is because then I can see why players would be annoyed and why those other players did have um, an unfair advantage. Because if you're with a group of players and you feel like you're in a winning team but they can't afford to keep you there, then that makes a, a, real, a real big difference. And those Saracens boys were afforded the chance to stay in that winning team and evolve that team to what it, what it eventually yeah, became. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of where, yeah, do the players have anything to... No, they don't have anything to answer for. I think they do. The players? Yeah, I think... Well, The players? So, 
I've been thinking about this quite a lot. And in this instance, it's very hard to pin it on the players. But I think in the future, the players should carry some of the can for it, not just the owners. And I think what there should be two separate mechanisms. One should be the club reports exactly what the remuneration of is is of all the players. Yeah, well, we're, they, we're, we're going over that. ground from from our midweek podcast. The players yeah. should report separately to Premier Premier Rugby what they believe their remuneration is and how it's broken down. And then if a salary cap breach occurs, they can say, well, you declared all this stuff to us, but you didn't declare that house. You're you're in this just as much as them. They're employees of the club. So let, let, yeah. they're on PAYE. You don't need to do that. Well, PAYE and other things, yeah. of course. Well, yeah. So they're but not on PAYE. If they're on PAYE... No, no, no. Yeah. But, but the players all acted in good faith yeah. that that was... Well, fine, it's outside their PAYE well, income. I'm certain the, the, the players should have at least asked... You are reporting this, or it's either you are reporting this, um, Mr. Ray, aren't you? Yes, I am. Or, or they well, say, this is outside the salary cap, isn't also, it, Mr. Ray? Yes, and he it says, is. Yes, it is. So the other thing as well is, uh, Chris Ashton said something. Um, was it Chris Ashton? Who was it? Someone said something on the, on TV. I'm going to say Chris Ashton. It might not be. Um that we get advice, you know, like, you know, the agent talk. Yeah, it was. Normally knows, you know, we, we go to the agents, the agents talk, blah, blah, blah. So, well, okay, so that's great. I assume you'll be suing your agent for bad advice then. Because, you know, someone, it's all very well having plausible deniability, but ultimately. Well, that is the only additional thing that came out this week in terms of the reaction that the, well, for one, Saracens have said they are going to ask for the review or appeal, as they're calling it but it hasn't happened yet. Yeah, which is interesting. And secondly, there is the spectre, the potential that there could be some recovery of losses. There could be some civil cases. From Exeter. From, from other clubs. From Exeter, other clubs, other players, who knows. So this this could rumble on. But like yeah, I said, yeah. I, I direct you to the salary cap special and then... Um, well, I've had some thoughts pri- post that, but actually they're probably a little bit too complicated to get into in this section there's just one thing i would like to say which we we spoke last week about the intent and saracens in their statement they Mm. said um that premier rugby they were glad premier rugby acknowledged it was not deliberate okay then nigel ray came out and made his statement and he said he said that Premier Rugby yeah. had said. I'm really glad to see Premier Rugby have agreed that we it was not deliberate. But so you mean it's not fraudulent. So there's there's two things to this which is quite interesting. Yeah. So um there are two I've been speaking to um a couple of friends who know this kind of legal wrangling. Um and they their view is so the panel would never or very rarely determine intent, partly because the Premier Rugby salary cap um, rules and regulations don't require determining of intent, Mm -hmm. so there's no point. You would be trying to prove an unnecessarily high standard. Like a shoulder to the chin for a red card. Exactly. 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 Um, And without determining intent, you already get them to a £5 million fine and the maximum penalty, so why would you bother when that becomes dubious? Mm. Now, there's two ways of saying it. Now, the first way they said it was they, they said they they acknowledge it did not deliberately do it. Now it's it might just be word games, but that's it's kind of saying that um, pre- the panel didn't say anything towards it. Not that they explicitly it said, said it wasn't. Now we know this wasn't deliberate, but yes, yeah. 
Yeah. Rather than they just didn't say it. They just didn't say it. Now, Nigel Ray's statement was... I want to talk about this The panel said that it was not deliberate. With, with Now, here's where it gets a bit conspiratorial. What he actually said was, the panel said it was not, not deliberate. He actually said the not du- twice. Oh, do you think he was saying it for emphasis? Do you think he was doing it for emphasis? Like it was not, I, as in I repeat, not. Yeah, that's yeah. that was on my first listening, <laughs> but then with my <laughs> cynical conspiratorial head on, I was thinking. Hang on. Has he just given himself a, a applause and an out? Yeah. Has he? Is he tried to <laughs> say so? But in that in that literal wording, it would mean they had said it was deliberate. So that surely can't be well, right. Well, actually, I've, I've, Premier Rugby have, or, or how, whoever who, the arbitration panel, whoever was overseeing this, that it's a sliding scale of uh, intentional. And then reckless, and then blah, blah, blah. And, they, and, they, and, they, and they came in as reckless, which was the third worst out of four. Oh, yeah, well then. I think, <laughs> which, which I think was, that was right. Which was yeah, that, that was Ali Eakin, yeah. um tweeted that. Now, I've not actually seen the the Premier Rugby statement on that, but I will take Ali. He's obviously very connected. Um, it was there was a comparison. Um, I've seen it in a couple of places actually that said it's like showing off that you only committed manslaughter, not murder. <laughs> it's like bragging. <laughs> well, oh yeah, I was just totally reckless and killed that woman. Uh, well. Well, whilst we're on the statement, then anyone noticed the emphasis on salary? That in, that, that got me. Nigel Ray kept on referring to salary, salary, salary. Uh, I thought, well, he's not stupid enough to know or to think that other benefits don't count towards salary as such. Okay, no, that is strictly not true. There is salary, but we all know that other benefits contribute to your you know, your taxable pay. So, right? I'm ba- yeah. So, salary, salary, salary. That, that made me think. Well, if he's not. If he knows about taxable benefits, which obviously he does, he does. But obviously, um, what on earth is he referring to? Well, and the only thing I could think of was gifts. So is he is he implying that he gave gifts to gifts to players because that wouldn't be salary? And then that is a whole new world of pain because if that because there is actually a precedent for this, Milan Mandaric and Harry Redknapp. Where it to know it was a gift. We will from the HMRC's yeah. Yeah. perspective. But we, hang we, on a minute, he didn't have a have a salary cap c- case to fight. Yes, we deserve. will see if yeah. it could be. This is one potential. Um, just just to round this off, I, yeah. I wonder if because they haven't lodged the appeal or review uh, yet, it could be PR management internally. It could just be trying to keep. Who gives these clubs PR PR management? Because they're bloody awful. Well, no, no, it. no. As as in, I mean. It's the messaging to the club yeah. itself because keep keep the players in, involved, keep keep the team ethos, keep everyone together. I think it's a bit of a godsend for Saracens personally. Where else could they have gone? You know, uh, dominating things over and over again. It was too easy for them anyway, yeah. <laughs> and now they've got a real sort of bugbear. They've, you know, they've got something uh, which will get them motivated. They just had a wonderful win over, uh, over Gloucester. Yeah. You know, a team led by uh, Manu Vunapola battering a team led by. All star Danny Cipriani, who, by the way, I love. I think he's an amazing player. And he got beaten by a 19 year old fly off. Mm. I mean, you know. One, one final thing on the salary cap. What did you make of the equivalence with Bloodgate? Two things. Because, because there, there were some very vocal Quins. Now, Quins and Sar- Saracens are rivals. And I think the rivalry works more in the Quins to Saracens direction yeah, than the Saracens to Quins yeah, direction. Saracens don't realise that Quins are there. No. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Quins are always fired up for the Saracens game. They treat it as a massive. 
uh, rivalry, much more so, more so than Saracens treat yeah, it as a rivalry. It's like um, the Cleveland Browns think that the, uh, that the Pittsburgh Steelers are their rivals, and they're really not, because Pittsburgh don't care. Um, <laughs> that's how I look at it. There's two things here. Okay, So, first of all, Bloodgate, I don't think you can make... Or, hang on, how can I say this? I don't think it's fair to pin Bloodgate on Quinn's players now. So when they say, we think it's unfair because this, that, and that, this, that, and the other, and Saunchstone's one goes, hang on a minute, um, you had Bloodgate, keep keep your mouth shut kind of thing. Because it was 10 years ago, and, you know, everyone involved then has since left, probably, I'm guessing there's no players. Rob Shaw. Left. Rob Shaw. Is Rob Shaw? Um, Care yeah, was probably they, there. They'll have been there 10 years ago. Uh, yeah, Care, Rob Shaw, but not Brown. many. So that's not the, not many, yeah, you're right? But there's the a few bit. of the senior guys. The second part is: is it comparable as an offence? I think it, it is really because that was a huge scandal. Conscious, conscious cheating. But yeah, the, it was but, worse. But, but, but my, that conscious cheating by Quinns was done by players and coaching staff and medical staff and medical staff. Yeah, it was worse. Rather than so, in terms of it was, the players are more culpable for what happened with Quinns than, than Saracen's players. Here's what I don't like about it, okay? It's all about the motives. So, you can see the salary cap one as being as benign as being late on your tax return, if you believe the administrative error. And at worst, it's kind of like fiddling your taxes. And again, very, very bad. You should be punished, so on and so forth. The Quinns incident, the motives behind that, it's, it, to me, that is akin to stealing off an old lady, you know, you're actively cheating there, there and then, trying to influence the results. Now, the overall impact on rugby is far greater from what Nigel Ray's done. So he's influenced potentially half half a decade's worth of results. So it's far, far worse. Um, whereas Quinns, I think, failed to influence they did, a single they, game. They didn't win the game that yeah, they, so actually, like, they cheated. The they gave but, themselves a chance to win a game that they lost. In terms of the nastiness, the Quinns and Bloodgate thing is far worse. But I also know that that is... The quins we have today is not the same quins we had ten no, years ago. Of course, ago. of course, but I think it's it, it's understandable that uh, and you know I, I tweeted out a bit of a, a, a jokey tweet about it as funny. as it as in uh, which, which finished with the line our our mouths bleed for you as it just kind of <laughs> yeah. a bit sardonic and it was just just meant to be a joke but quite a lot of quins fans did not like that. It's such a nerve, Tim. And it's you ha- you have to be able to accept. If you're a Quinns fan or, I mean, or I, player I, that was around yeah. then, you can just like we're saying, Saracens fans accept you're going to get a bit of stick. It's fine. Just, yeah. I mean, I imagine the Germans feel the it. same way about the war. Um, you know, <laughs> it was a long time ago. It's over. Don't mention yeah. it. Yeah. Well. Um, yeah. So, but I, I kind of go with that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it's a perfectly fine comparison in terms of scandals. I just don't think it's a fair no. thing to pin on this Quinns organization. No. If that makes sense. Yeah, and I, I'd probably agree with that. Although I'm not sure I. Just the level of nastiness. Well, I, I can kind of see the, the cut in the players. Obviously, yeah. you can, is, is a pretty brutal thing. If, if if you steal from bank accounts, right, through yeah. some card you know, card fraud or or whatnot, it's pretty it's pretty awful. And that's sort of the level of cheating going go, go on at Saracens. It, 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 it's it's not good. But if you smash down someone's door in order to rob their house and come away with nothing, the smashing down of the door, in my mind, is is far more direct and far more nasty. Yeah, it is. It is the other point that you made about the the scale, the scale, the, is the scale, the scale. Yeah. So both were premeditated, which means it is a fair, it's a fair yeah. comparison. It's fair to call them in, but the Quins gave them one opportunity that we are aware of. 
one opportunity to win one game. Yeah. Whereas Saracens was a long term, like it, it is. They are trying to win every game over. A, you said yeah. uh, it could be a half a dozen year period or longer. Yeah. Um, that's why it just it, the, the Saracens thing for me is yeah the magnitude of, of it is almost definitely. of course it know, is. It, it's, it's, huge. it's it's incomparable that, the magnitude that, yeah. difference that is not up for debate but anyone whose club has behaved in that way should just expect that a bit of banter will fly your direction and as it, well and that's yeah. and as it should uh, do you not think yes. there should be an, an amnesty now there should be like a banter amnesty yeah yeah everyone oh, come clean come everyone on. just come come clean oh everyone that's come tomorrow. clean and oh, not sorry. No, a well, that's what they. No, that's, yeah, that's what they. That's that's what supposedly happened five years yeah. ago. Let's let's do it again, but properly this time, and put in some different different rules. Yeah. And, and last thing I would say uh, before we talk about the so much more. Oh, do, and, and Wolfpack, of course. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. So it doesn't. It doesn't <laughs> oh yeah, if you're calling for Quinns, sorry, not Quinns, Saracens to be relegated, I completely understand why you why you'd want that. I can also completely understand why you'd want the stripping of the titles. But just bear in mind that you are calling for rules to be enforced, rules that everyone agreed to. And if those rules don't state that, you can't then go and add add additional rules. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the only thing I'd add. I definitely agree with that. And that, that is why the panel's decision is, yeah. is what it is following the regulations. And if they want to change the rules... Please feel free. It would have to be voted You're the owners. Go and do it. Yeah. Go and do it. Uh, I think it's, it's, it makes sense to start with Saracen's fantastic win at King's Home. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah. I, I really fancied Gloucester for this one. Yeah. I mean, if you were if you were just obviously it's a squad effort and everything, but if you were just comparing salaries of the Saracens fifteen and the Gloucester fifteen, there's no way Saracens would be <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know would be the, anywhere near Gloucester. You know surely, being, yeah. The, 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 the tragedy of Saracens is most of what they've done, they could have done without breaking the cap. I'm sure of it because there is, just, a, there is a lot behind that club in yeah. terms of so the much, way they go to work yeah there's so much that they've done which never involved you having to break the cap mm-hmm. and they you know they basically beat Gloucester with a bunch of kids yeah. and some internationals yeah a, a, yeah. a, 19, a 19 year old pulling the strings at 10 completely outshining a guy that go back six months Six weeks. The, the, well, Two weeks. No, no. Go, go back. Go back three months. Everyone was clamouring for him to be England's number ten at a World Cup. Yep. Yep. Guilty. And I've, I've always called for Manu Vinopola to be uh, <laughs> England's number ten, <laughs> the greatest player of a generation. <laughs> yeah. What's happened to Cipriani? Because it's interesting. Johan Ackerman after the game was asked, "Is he fit?" And he went, "Yeah, he was absolutely fit. Hundred yeah. percent fit. We uh, we made the changes based on tactics, not." Fitness. Mm. He was. They did repeatedly reference that he was struggling with a calf in, in comms, not not Ackerman. Yeah. Um. He did. There was a few times where Saracens tried to run a move, to, tried to have the um, Cipriani to Atkins round the back of Harris for to give Cipriani that space with then uh, Marshall, Woodward, Thorley, all the options available to him with time. And it just never worked. Now, mm. part of that definitely can be attributable to the Saracens' defence. And I can't remember who was on comms that day. But Ali. Um, who, no, was, who was the... Yeah, oh, uh, was Paul it, Grayson? It might have been Paul Grayson, actually. Um, who was talking about the Saracens' defence not biting in and not committing and just watching. Fine. Atkinson, Cipriani, you do your thing. We'll hold, 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 drift. And then when you've picked your option... We'll go and smash them. And the, the Saracen's defence read it perfectly and, and did that with the plum. Mm. But, but a, a theme of the season, um, 
is that Gloucester and Exeter are, are just not fluent. And two of the most fluent, <coughs> no, two of the most fluent attacking sides last year yeah. are, are not fluent at not all. Not many teams are, to be fair. I mean, yeah. you say Northampton are. Well, they um, were. I have been until this point. Uh, Sale Shocks, certainly not fluent yet. No. Most are certainly not fluent yet. No, um, Quinn's definitely yeah, not. Yeah, it's, um, you know, it, uh, maybe, it's maybe Bristol. Maybe Bristol and Worcester, are two of, uh, Bristol and Worcester and Northampton, two of the most relatively fluent compared yeah. to Considering how season. much time they've had together and the Premiership Cup, you would be expecting better, really. Well, it's just I think it's going to be an interesting season and I think this is going to be one, clearly, this is going to be one where the final couple of months is everything and almost what what the more weeks we go through, the more we're going to look back and go, this this first month meant absolutely right. nothing. Sorry, if everyone's You're beating... You're probably right. Yeah, if everyone's beating every, everyone else... Does that mean the standard for relegation becomes higher? It does, doesn't it? Yeah. Yes. Because yeah. there's, no, there's going to be no basement team. Yeah. Which means it's much more likely that Saracens get relegated. Yes, because everyone else is picking up points. So yeah. if everyone else picks up uh, eight of the 12 wins, then the normal relegated team is somewhere in the mid-20s. Uh, yeah. Newcastle were, were a bit of an anomaly last year on 31. The, the next highest team after Saracens mm. could be on... If everyone wins eight out of their, or the least wins is eight, you could be on 40 to 45 points. Imagine it relegated to 40 points. I'm not saying that's going to happen because there's been some teams that are not looking particularly good. But I, I think you're right, Tim, that this first month is just going to be where everyone's beating everyone. Well, I think we'll, we'll look back at whoever the champions are and they're probably going to have gone, we'll probably look back at it and go, oh, they had a really bad start to the season. Yeah, I think that's probably how it's going to be because... Well, uh, well, everyone's been defeated at least once. So at least once, almost yeah. by almost by definition, every, everyone's had a bad start because the good teams have already lost. So Saracens have already lost. Exeter have lost two. Is it? Exeter have lost two. Exeter yep. have lost two. So if they're champions, they've had a terrible start. And, and I think it, lost two. It demonstrates the competitiveness of the league, which is its well, the irony greatest of the, asset. Yeah, the and, irony of the salary cap yeah. argument. The reason they should be fined is because look what it does. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Better, it's better than the World Cup. Well, uh, part of that. Part of that is this kind of the point is how much of this is because all the teams are, are better and more even and how much of it is that there are some teams that just aren't performing yet? Both, I think. Bit of both. Um, mm. the, losing international players, I know a, a few of them mm. were back previously and a few back again this weekend, but losing the international players is a great leveller because historically the better teams have more international players. You take them out, you're more reliant on your, your younger guys, your less experienced guys. And teams like Worcester, say, who lose virtually no one, are going to be uh, performing above their normal station. So, yeah, um, yeah, because it is so even. If you are off your game even slightly, you you get you get a beatdown, and, and, and even for a short period of time. Yeah. So Exeter in that game today, the Exeter Bristol game, Exeter looked pretty pretty, pretty good. Yeah, they were cruising. Pretty good for the whole of the first half. And it takes 20 minutes of poor performance, not getting the points on the board, and then 20 minutes of poor performance and very good reaction by Bristol, who are a dangerous team. They are mega, aren't they? Yeah. I mean, that t- tells me that I think they will be a top-four team because if you can pull that pull that sort of result back, it wasn't... The caveat being exactly for the same reason for... We'll look back and go, like Exeter might end up being champions and we'll go, 
Oh, they just had a. You can look at them now. Yeah, mm. it just it's, that's what happens in a World Cup year. You get more fluent. Exactly the same caveat in reverse. Yeah, don't judge Bristol as a top four team because they went to Sandy Park and won. Yeah, but why, but I know what you're saying. The reason I like it was not because they beat Exeter in a normal manner, like staying in the fight and you know, you know building a lead or whatnot. They came back from basically nothing. It, well, it was. It was 17-0. And the balls They came back well. from nothing. Sorry, are we still... Are we allowed to talk about this game? Are we talking about the last game? No, no, no. no we, 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 we can jump around. Yeah, it's fine. So the balls of the Bristol play... I mean, I love this so much. I love the sort of back-yourself culture that they have. 19-year-old hooker. And they they dummy middle. They dummy near the back. Then they go up at the back, get the ball, drive over. Having taken off Pia Tau and put on a 18-year-old. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Lloyd. The million, uh, I wonder if there's been a substitution in the Premiership this week which has had that right, a differential of pay. Yeah. <laughs> the pay dif- that is a stat. Well, it, it's probably nearly a million pounds pay differential. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. <laughs> yeah, we, we, nine, was 970,000 yeah. pay differential. But yeah, actually, if BT Sport, if anyone from BT Sport is listening, that's a stat that I want. When the yeah. subs come on, the pay differential stats. <laughs> oh, but they could only be rumoured, couldn't it? Yeah. <laughs> the rumoured pay differential pay, Alleged pay differential. I, I did love that finish because it's, is out exitering Exeter as yeah. well to to back yourselves to hit the line out, and they were ten yards out as well to hit so, the line out. And but on the, the third penalty, what that is so on so, une- uh, so un- Exeter, and it was it was very Bristol actually. So watching this Bristol game, I was like, yeah. So Bristol are still disciplined in what they're doing. I their wide shape is still good. In that sense, the discipline's great. But the stupid penalties they were giving away, it was just moronic. And then in the end, their wide discipline and all the shape and whatnot eventually paid dividends. And it was extra giving away stupid penalties. Yeah. And like you say, that last one, that last lineup was so enormously stupid. And even the, comment- so e- even the commentators, I think Lawrence Delali was on and he went, well, they won't compete for this one then because they'll just want to get in a pushing position and set. Both extra jumpers went up. Bristol got a massive march on. Yeah. 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 On, on the penalties... So let's just jump quickly back to the Saracens game, Saracens-Gloucester, because mm-hmm. there was a period in the second half where Gloucester had a load, seven or eight penalties. I was I was just about to say one theme of the weekend is the number of penalties given away without a card. Is that kind yeah, of where you're going? Because that, that yeah. I thought Bristol, oh, God, they should have had a yellow card because they yeah. were just pen, 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 nothing. Yeah. It was the same in the Gloucester-Saracens the Saracens-Gloucester, that period. And... Um, Delalio was going mental. He was, he, um, <clears throat> and it was he right. Was, he was, was vexed. He was absolutely Craig, right. Craig Maxwell Keys should have. He sh- so he gave a team warning after it was either penalty seven or penalty eight in a ten minute period in Saracens twenty two, which was ridiculous. Yeah, that it actually. So Saracens, I think they were they were very smart because they knew they could keep infringing until they got that team warning. As soon as they got that team warning, they were then white and then white, which actually then led to the try. But in doing so, they'd eaten up a good 15 mm. minutes of the match. What about this? What about if every fourth penalty is automatically a yellow card regardless? <laughs> I, quite, I quite like that, that idea. Because penalties <laughs> are for stupid stuff. So you've either got to play, play cleanly, but even better, if a team has committed no penalty offences towards the end of the half and they're defending a narrow lead or towards the end of the game, 
they can they've basically got three penalties in, uh, in the bag to or, do whatever they want yeah with. yeah the, the, or the ref could just say right, like a, a rugby league have the six tackles the ref says that's your five next one next one to the bin whatever it is next one to the bin I, people would stop messing around pretty quickly and I, I think you'd then have tactics like people would just do uh, first pen like, high shot on the fly half bo- box kicks and ju- quick jump in the air in front of someone <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Bring on the player with a yeah, massive head. Bring on the three-feet players. <laughs> Three-foot-tall players. Give them the ball. Give Harry Thacker the ball. Exactly. I like, I like, that, I like that law. Look at that. We've got but pay differential law coming in. But yeah. We are literally reinventing the but, game. But you are right. That, and it's a theme across the weekend. It was 100% in that Saracens game. And I was watching the, the Bristol-Exeter game thinking, how have Bristol avoided getting a yellow card when they were repeatedly infringing? And I think there was... Um, I mean... We, we can get into the... It was the same. If you think all the penalties were justified in the Wasps' sale game when Wasps had about eight penalties in a row in a, in a ten-minute period and there was no yellow card, same uh, same yeah. thing goes. I I mean, in that particular case, I thought a lot... Of, I thought quite a few of the Wasps' penalties were very, very harshly dealt out. But, um, but a theme to watch, referees not giving yellow cards for repeated infringements by teams. And I think a yellow card will keep people honest and yeah. create a better spectacle because the quality of rugby, been in, they've been enthralling games, tight, tense, but they haven't been great quality. And I think this is yeah. part of it. I, I agree with that point. I know, JB, you, you love the arm wrestle. The, I do love the arm The repeated wrestle. scrums. And I, I like it to a point, but I also... I like the the delicious high sugar yeah. treats. I, I like like more Tom Marshall yeah. finishes like that. Yeah. Oh my word! Oh, well, I mean, it's okay. Um, <laughs> I would say it's nothing like five repeated scrums. I would say this about scrum penalties. I think scrum penalties are very valuable, and I have no problem with scrum penalties being handed out because um, it is fairly quick, isn't it? Scrum scrum penalty, and then you know away you go. Although, can I just ask referees when there's a scrum penalty? Can you just say penalty? Advantage and allow the the play the free play to happen because a lot of them are just it blowing it up straight I, before so if it goes when down, the scrum off could get the ball away. Yes, well, the, the, was that not a law at one point or some semi law which was if the ball is playable but a, an offence has occurred, you you always choose to play the ball over the offence. I'm sure they did something like that. If like yeah. if it collapses or something, but it's playable, you can play on. It seems to be more referee's discretion. Yeah, and I'm kind uh, of with you there. Like, do well, it. There, there is a two sides to that for me. One, if it's if it's just a collapse, definitely mm-hmm. do that. If there is clear someone um, folding in or whatever, if there's a clear infringement that le- leads to the cla- collapse, give the penalty. Can I just clarify? Or what, give the advantage. What you want? Do you want to say that? If the ball is playable, don't give the scrum pen, let them play, or make sure it's an advantage and don't blow up. Make sure it's an advantage yeah, and don't yeah, blow yeah. up. When it's a clear penalty, yes, I'm, I'm with that, definitely. Yeah. It's just so it's just such a hard thing to officiate. So It is. You know, it is, it's a nightmare. But, but on the scrum, that's the other theme for the weekend, is, you know, and following on from the World Cup final, you can't have a scrum, you can't win. And I, I love that that is still the case in Northampton Saints. I mean, it absolutely ruined my fantasy rugby draft because uh, I've got the Northampton Saints front row who got me minus 20 points Oof. for two yellow cards and just getting battered. I wonder if they believed their own hype a little bit too much, Northampton. Just tried to play a little but, bit too much, a little bit loose. How, yeah. are, how are Northampton su- suddenly a bad scrummaging side? I don't understand. Well, they it shouldn't was, be, should they? They should be amazing. Was, no, paying tribute to their fallen leader, Dylan Hartley. Just all of the, as a re- sign of respect. <laughs> we all give away a penalty <laughs> for Dylan. Yeah, all give yellow carded. Yeah. All trying to get yellow carded for Dylan. 
fair play. I mean, that's that's a real team ethic, isn't it? That's a culture. That is that is culture. You can't teach that. No, it's culture. Uh, I, I heard what? I heard a little Dylan Hartley fact actually, which I I, I quite like. Okay. I, I think it's someone quite close to Dylan changed his Wikipedia entry so that it said ninety six caps for England, not ninety seven. And so that they have a little chuckle because they, they know every time someone's just gone to Wikipedia, they say, oh, England's hooker, England's most capped hooker with 96 caps. Way. It's just a little thing for them. They go, ah, you've been on Wikipedia. You don't know. It's 97. And I only know that because I, I went on to talk sports talk about Dylan Hartley and um, I mentioned, you know, got to remember, this, this guy's had 97 caps. And and um, one of the one of the producers outside said, oh, I, "I I spoke to Dylan Hartley. You, you, you know, um, he changed it, but you obviously don't. You, you know there your you stuff. go. <laughs> so there you go. So if you ever into, if you ever like, because you've, uh, I've, you've chatted to have you no. If, been, if you ever work with him or meet him or whatever, or have to introduce him somewhere, I've, doesn't matter. He's he's a, he's a nice guy. Well, I've got a shirt. Where but you're right. Northampton, Northampton are just channeling that Dylan Hartley. Let's have some discipline I have, issues. Yeah. I have done talk sport before, and. Last time I did talk sport, do you want to know what my my prediction was? Uh, uh, Leon to surprise people in in the European Cup. Oh yeah, oh last season <laughs> they yeah. did surprise and people. Thank God I use I use the word surprise <laughs> people because technically I was right. But I don't oh, think they'll when they were, when they were yeah. the first team not to get a single point. point. Yeah, the in first the team that, that was a surprise. That was <laughs> genuine. I was <laughs> shocked. Surprising. Um, are they still top of the top forty? Yeah, they are smashing it, and they They're won abs- again this weekend. Absolutely killing it. Yep. Um, should we touch on the Bath Northampton game? Yes, because. Bath, I was pleasantly surprised with what I saw from Bath. So they're, from their earlier games this season, there was no question that they were wanting to front up and they've got some talented boys in the pack. Mm. Um, and they did front up in their earlier games. What what would have worried me if I was a Bath fan was their seeming total inability to distribute the ball and use the talent they had out wide. And actually in this game, they did that not... Not huge amounts, not over... They didn't try and out Northampton, out Chris Boyd Northampton, but they showed some nice touches at the right times, and the the build-up for the Chudley try was exactly that. Nice flowing move, nice offloading, keeping the ball alive, and you finish it off with a 20-yard snipe from the scrum half. But I think we saw in the Rugby World Cup final the the psychology of the scrum, and I think... I mean, we've all played... To, to mm-hmm. various levels, and it doesn't matter what level it is, the psychological effect oh, it has, no not, not even the tangible effect it has on ter- territory from penalty kicks or it's huge. It's but the psychological impact it has, and the and the way it pumps your tires up. Oh, well, the way you worry to make you don't want to make, make you, any you don't or you don't yeah. want to make any mistakes. You worry you start. Yeah, make, yeah exactly. It's massive, and so uh, clearly, I think Bath felt confident and. They're going to have a big gnarly pack. I thought and Will Stewart looked, looked very good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, is he in? Is it Wasps? Wasps, somewhere? yeah. Wasps. Yeah, so, I mean, obviously he's got premiership experience before, but you wouldn't say, ooh, Will Stewart, there's a match winner. Yeah. What was the point? You wouldn't say Northampton, oh, that, that front row was a bit of a I worry. Know. I don't what, no. I can't understand it. Styles make matchups. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that, that was a very good win, yeah, and it will win. allow Bath fans to breathe a bit easier this season, I think. But, do you know, when you look at Bath, as I was today, you look at their back line... How many years in the past would you have to go before you get to a Welsh team which would consider playing Priestland, Roberts and Brew? <laughs> I mean, it feels the three like... Three of them together. About seven, ten, eight years ago? I was yeah. going to say even a bit longer, potentially. 
I mean, I'm sure they would have... I mean, they are broadly the same age, right? I wouldn't yeah, be surprised yeah, yeah. if they would played a Welsh game together. How long ago was it since they were top-class internationals? And you might be starting to get to the nub of Bath's problems then. Well, that that, that might be um, the, the most impressive thing about Bath's performance was... Brew got sent off after 48 minutes. Yeah. Did they you played think the last 30 red minutes. Card. Did what, sorry? Do you think it was red card? Justified red card? I, I think it was. I think I wouldn't have hated it being downgraded because yes. he had such... A, it, it was the f- smallest fraction of a second for him to make any decision. With that said, he still did lead with the elbow and made contact with yeah, each Yeah, if the guy stays up area. on his feet... Well, so It's not red card, is it? Yeah, if he stays up on his feet. And, and also, it's... Yeah, and, and it's it, it's exactly the same as what we were talking about with the salary cap. You you kind of, I'd love I I prefer I would prefer intent to be part of the conversation, but it can't be. Yeah, it um, can be. It just isn't. But, no, it, it can be. It can be. It just isn't. But I I don't. I think with with Paolo Adogwu and with Aled Brew, they look really bad. But I doubt either player was thinking I'm going to clock this guy. No, and the, yeah, the, particularly the Brew one. I mean, the Brew one just looked like he was trying to get a hand off it. It was just wrong timing and yada, 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 red card. Yellow it, card. It can be, be instinctive. It could even be an instinctive move, to like protect, a defensive move. To protect move, yourself. Almost. Yeah. Or maybe he went for a really, really sharp elbow and failed, actually. Like, I mean, like, for example, let's just... <laughs> elbow go, straight into the eye socket. <laughs> yeah. let's, just, um, let's just go with... The, like, just play the Paolo Dogru one a second. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to listen to the dickhead line now. Yeah. That's the best bit. Yeah. You dickhead. Campbell. That's just typical what it is. Get him walking. They don't like it. Walking, Campbell, if you've got it in bottle. If you've got it in bottle, Campbell, he should walk. That was absolute diabolical. He's going to be yellow card. <laughs> Are you yellow for that? Campbell. You <laughs> Amazing. But, um, yeah, so I'm inclined to think both Aled Brew and Paolo Dogwell uh, were, were, were deserved red cards, but I think they were both defensive moves, if anything. Yeah. I don't like, I, I don't, I don't like the chat that that was, oh, look at him trying to kick the guy in the head. The Paolo Dogwell oh. one particularly annoyed me. Yeah. Um, uh, me too, mind, actually. Yeah. I don't mind saying I've met Paolo Dogwell on multiple, multiple occasions. One of the nicest guys. I mean, it wasn't just people at home who might have thought, oh, yeah, that was um, defensive or that wasn't, you know, that didn't look intentional. Every, pretty much everyone that sells sharks thought it was not intentional. Everyone was shrugging their shoulders like, oh, well, that's not very Paolo like, because it's not very Paolo like. So, I, yeah, there was um, something particularly on Twitter which annoyed me, which is like four stills of uh, a dog who do, doing what he did. Trying to encapsulate a whole player's. Um, career in four stills you know go to football it's just not the case it was unfortunate it was a red card dealt, dealt with but it was completely out, completely out, out of character he'll be as disappointed with himself as as anyone will be yeah. so that's yeah. right on that and on that so i'm not sure it was a red card yeah i'm not sure it was but, a red because, card because and, and both i'm certainly had no intent intent irrelevant um to to make contact with a head the the laws on this are, are grey in my mind. So I went mm. and had a look at the of course you did the guidance on challenging players in the air, and so um, the red say- the red card. So it gives a red card position. The red card position is it's not a fair challenge with no contest. Okay, whilst being a reckless 
or deliberate foul play and the uh, player lands in a dangerous position is the way it's, it's written, but the player receives a dangerous hit. Now, so on that wording, I guess it could be interpreted. The problem I have is there are videos accompanying the guidance for this. Every single one of those videos is where the foul play is from the person who is not in a position to catch the ball. Yeah. Paulo Dogu was the per- player in position to catch the ball. There, there is no, from the interpretation of the videos, there is no guidance well, in world rugby. It, you'd say the defensive player or the player makes, making makes, the challenge shouldn't be touching him full stop. Ro- Ro- well, there's an argument to say... Penalty, a dog will. Uh, yeah, Rohan Jansi van Rendsburg, you've made contact with the player in the air. And you've caused damage. <laughs> to yourself. Yeah. Um, so th- there's an argument to say it should be penalty only penalty in favour of wasps yes I, I can see that the problem is with this is rugby is no longer reft kind of on an intent basis but more on an image basis yes so the image for for instance Alan Brewer was a forearm to the face well that's dangerous it's the image that matters now so run it through that sort of processor and say what does a stud to a chin look like now on that basis it's like the UFC mantra which is don't leave it in the hands of the judges. As soon as you put some studs in someone's face, it doesn't matter really what the laws say, even though that's exactly what should matter. It's a case that you put it in the referee's hands. And now the referee is on TV. He's watching the uh, the big screen in slow motion of a guy kicking another man in the face. What is he going to do? And uh, I will be very interested to see and read the hearing report for this. Uh, yeah, see, he won't get excited though, will he? See where they get to. Well, it's well, it's, it's mandatory, card. isn't it? It'll yeah. have to be. So, interestingly, I was sitting next to the sighting commissioner, uh, right? Seal, and when that red card was uh, was given, there's some laughs and jo- laughs and jokes around that area. Not by sighting commissioner himself, but say no, that sa- uh, that saves you some work because then you don't have to watch it, do you? Because it's already been dealt with by, yeah. by Red. Been dealt with on the field. So it's, yeah, not, but it's not a sighting issue. Is there not a disciplinary... There's still no, a disciplinary hearing yeah, for any Red sighting. card. For any Red card. Yeah. Ah, right, OK. Oh, uh, right, where yeah, they're so they're right. So, right, it wouldn't, it wouldn't need to go through because you need, would need to cite it. No. Yeah, but it goes straight the, to yeah. disciplinary. So I'm kind, of, I'm kind of with you, Phil, and it goes back. We're going over old ground, so I, I, don't, I won't need to go there. And much as you sort of touched on, I would, I would like intent to be part of the... Part of the whole image. Image is the, is the process. I'd like it, it to be part of it because uh, because you we sort of it, it leads to a situation where people come away assuming that Alid Brew has made a a small decision to forearm smash someone in the face, and that that's the language that people on Twitter and uh, for whatever the forearm yeah. smashed him. Forearm <laughs> smash, and, I... and and that Paolo Dogu will have deliberately extended his leg to kick. <laughs> Van Rensburg well, in yeah. the face. Look, we know it's not. So, yeah, I mean, that interpretation of it would suggest that Paolo Dogu is so comfortable in the high ball that he can catch it and in the f- split, say? split second yeah. after securing the ball make the decision to extend in- his leg to... Incredible motor and balance skills by Paolo D- Dogu. <laughs> yeah. right? And flexibility. You look at the size of his thighs, you do not expect a man of that, that I mean, size. Th- there, is, there is an argument in both of those red cards. Yeah, there is an argument in both of those red cards that they have been red carded for evolution. Because <laughs> humans, uh, we've evolved to where we are and, and have the characteristics and that fight or flight psychosomatic response, which is like, like um, what's the word when it's uh, involuntary? Yes, yeah, it's, yeah, it's Invo- involuntary subconscious defensive responses 
in order to stay. That, that's why we are still alive on Earth because yeah. because our forefathers and yeah, all our ancestors have done it, and and that's just what happened. And they got red yeah. carded for and it. Paolo Dogu, Unlucky. Paolo Dogu didn't have. Me running at him, or you, yeah. or Phil. He had yeah. Johan Janzi von Rensberg, who is a who looks like Yo- Johan yeah. Hansi van Rensberg right now. Oh my good yeah, god, he he's does frightening back to his best. He doesn't Absolutely. look like that. Those pictures we, we talked about <laughs> no, him last year when he was on that corporate. Yes, he's thing. not like that anymore. That's that. that that's yeah, for sure. he's got his mojo, which leads us nicely to sale wasps, which a game I was in attendance for. I will say this: if you are at a loose end in the northwest. On a Friday night or a Saturday afternoon, you should go on sale. It is such a such a good get game game day now. Not 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 just doing P- PR. It really really is. Um, no, do you, do you disagree? It's, well, I, I, think it's I, I, I think going to any Premiership game is a, a great anything a Premiership. Great afternoon just, no, the, I, I agree the, with the, you. The problem, the problem is is the evolution from where it was three years ago to yeah. where it is now. Yeah, it is yeah. Right what was the attendance? Um, I don't know. I, I didn't count them, but <laughs> I can tell you this: uh, more, more it, than you could count on one hand. Yeah, far, far, far more. And uh, to a large degree, I've, I have considered the attendance, which is I don't know what more they can do. The fan experience gets better and better every year, and if it carries on on like this, yeah. Go, I mean, basically, wrong, basically what, what, they, what they need to do is go back in time and do it differently. That's the only thing they can do now is go go back in time and manage manage the move to the AJ Bell Stadium. Well, manage the move totally away from, differently. Manage the move away from uh, Edgley Park. H- Haywood Road, I'd H- say. I mean, you know. no, Edgley Ed- 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 Park had I I, I was the um, Edgley Ed- 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 Park was quite good. I used to go to Edgley Park for, for a lot of games cuz my, my brother was playing there. I was the um pitch, it was miserable, I, I was the pitch it? announcer. Yeah, but it was getting 10 11,000 regularly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. because uh, anyway, um, anyway, I would just say it has got some way to go before it's like a Harlequins game day, which is amazing. I love Harlequins game day, and also Bath is a very, very good game day. But it's getting there; it's getting better, every, uh, pretty much every, uh, a month on month now. So if you're at loose end, definitely go. Uh, Do you know? I actually don't know. We're living in Manchester. We're in Manchester right now. I don't know either of the football match results for today. Yeah, so, I, I, don't, I, I do know. I actually don't know. I know Liverpool scored a goal. Liverpool, Is that right? Uh, Liverpool scored three goals. Against how many of the goals? One. Wow. So Liverpool won that, did they? They did. Perfect bonus point? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, maybe for the Fabinho goal. Uh, and, uh, nice how, how did, how did, how did um, Manchester, Manchester United soccer go? There were also four goals, and uh, it was a, a, the same distribution of goals. Three to one. Two. Manchester United. Oh, fantastic soccer, news. Soccer club. This, uh, the city wins all, uh, all round, because I think... I think it's right. If you're from Manchester, meant to support both both teams. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. City? Yes, that's exactly it. And, and Sharks. I actually know some. Uh, I chat to a guy who said that he used to go to both home games. He used to go every week. Oh, that's one, quite one, good, isn't it? One week to United, one week to City. <laughs> I think I would do that if I had the when money. games were Saturday three pm. <laughs> actually, if I had the, the if I had the money uh, and the time, more importantly, because obviously I've got my own rugby commitments, but I could do Sale Sharks on a Friday. I'd happily do a football match. No, actually, would I? Depends if I could get corporate or not. I was yeah. going to say if, yeah. if we could, if me and you could get, if if I could swing us like I used to the the so, man the Man City corporate, man so, we City corporate. And, yeah. so we could go so we could go and sit good. next to musicians that we weren't quite we, sure who they were. We didn't even know who they were. Yeah, and their hot wives. Uh, <laughs> Shane Horgan's ex girlfriend. Shane Horgan's ex girlfriend. Yeah. Yeah. Fair, that is pretty much the only time I go to a football match now. Yeah, if I'm in corporate, I have and to. I, I am, we sound so relatable. I, I, we're so I, relatable, I, lads. And I am I am not fussy if it's United or City. To be honest, don't care. I am City City corporate is so much better than United. I'll tell you what, when we went it was 
it, it, it's outstanding. Actually. It's amazing. I, I've been to I've been to good in both actually. Uh, United's a bit the, old the fashioned. Tunnel, the Tunnel Club in City is quite good. That's insane. Well, well Northampton on... have got their own version of that now. Have they? Tunnel have you seen that? The Tunnel no, Club. Yeah, they've, they've got in the Tunnel. They've um, they, they've they've redone it. Moved the Northampton Saints home dressing room, and they now have a. I think I when the game when I'm working at the games at, at, Frank, at Franklin's Gardens. Oh, I've seen it. Me I've and me it. and Martin yeah, Bayfield are, are quite often sit and watch the first half in it. Because it's about fifteen people can dine in there. It's got its own little bar. Oh wow! They dine in it. It's glass on all sides, and you see. So you see the both the sets of players walking in. Have and you out. seen ah. the one? The one in Cowboy Stadium. It's awesome. It might be like level two or something, but it just it's it's literally like a party floor, and you know you can either go and have your beers and watch the game. But because it's on for three hours, you generally can just go back, have a little dance, come back out, have some more beers, and because of all the breaks, that's kind of why you should like scrimmaging. So. When they have all those scrum break, um, you know, scrum resets, that's a good time to go and get a beer or some refreshments and a, a way to extend uh, extend the rugby too. They they just need to speed up. Okay, scrum resets are going to happen. They just need to speed up the getting into the scrum or slow it down. It's getting slower. Well, yeah. Oh it's yeah, really, like, really slow it down. Hit hit, hit time. Hit pause on the time. On every yeah. scrum yeah. on every scrum. Yeah. Go get a beer. But and then it can take as long as you want. I don't care then. Yeah, it's yeah. just when when the clock is ticking and they're taking. The but time. When, whilst we are on corporate, sales shots corporate is absolutely <laughs> exceptional. I mean, that that isn't a joke either. That is exceptional. So to the game, are we uh, still on this game? Yeah. We've not, we've not spoken <laughs> about, about the game yet. It was a it was a difficult difficult one to watch. I think maybe the most disappointing aspect for sale would be um, Ambrose Papier. Did you watch him play? Uh, I saw the try that wasn't a try. Yeah. So everybody has told me how fast Ambrose Papier is, and I'd, ne- I'd never seen it. And then all of a sudden, he does that. Wow. Which is awesome. The problem being is, he's only on loan. So now, to sign Ambrose Papier, if you wanted to do that next year or the year after, just got substantially uh, substantially more uh, uh, more expensive, and for no extra points, too. <laughs> so that was a little bit disappointing. And he can't be a marquee player anymore. Um, oh, because he's played at City? Well, he- yeah. Oh, that's a good point, Tim. Yeah, that is a good point. Because Jean Luc Dupree and Rob Dupree couldn't couldn't be marquee players, but because Dan Dan Dupree could because he hadn't played for them. I don't know. I oh, don't. Is that right? I don't know if Dan Dupree is or not, but he can. But his brothers can't uh, because they were on loan last year. Got interesting. Well, that, is, that, that is interesting. So whatever. Yeah, so that, that's Dan Dupree who scored sales only try. Yes. Yeah. I tell you what, Ambrose, nice try. Ambrose Papier because we hadn't seen much of him in the Premiership. I, I hadn't seen much, seen much of him. I didn't realise he was quite as good as his delivery, his his passing is super crisp and his speed is unbelievable. That that looked like Dan Robson, like or Joe Simpson in, in their prime at their or best. Nico Matualu. Yeah, yeah, actually probably more probably, like that. Probably, probably more like electric. Um, Van Rensburg, as you mentioned before, is really, really kept coming coming into his own. But Wasps aren't that far away. I mean Wasps are a far better outfit than than I get than I gave them credit for. I thought the, I thought the scrimmaging was good. That mall to start with was very good. They just can't seem to, they can't seem to focus for eighty minutes. They seem to have these little fades, and it costs them dearly. I think we there was a, a number of the we're very very lucky in the Premiership to have directors of rugby that are as, as good as they are. They are just great blokes as much as anything, mm. and I think you saw that in Die Young just called it absolutely bang on he said uh, we we were we were too lateral we didn't we didn't get the go forward and everything stems from there rather than 
complaining about a lot, a number of penalties which I think went against Wasps um, unfairly. I think they were quite harshly dealt with in this game. He just said, well, that's, actually, we've got to control the things we can control and we didn't mm-hmm. control the gain line. We ran sideways and you're going to get walloped. Yeah. When and unless you've got Kibariggi doing something spectacular. Which he did. Where do your points come from? And by the way, that was awesome. That was genuinely yeah, awesome. That, that was, was superb. There's finish, been a few, few brilliant finishes. And, yeah. uh, and, the, and the other example of that, you know, DOR being really honest, is Rob Baxter was so good after a really disappointing defeat mm. uh, to Bristol. He's so, had them, the thing is, with Rob Baxter, he's had those defeat, defeats before, it, hasn't he? It, there's, a bit of him, that, there's a bit of him that seems to enjoy it. Yeah. Like, right, this is a real challenge now. Yeah. We, this is a real test of my I, squad. Great. I didn't want this to happen, but now it has. I'm really relishing the fact that it's a big test. It's a yeah. good marker for this week's training, next week's Champions yeah. Cup game. I think you can be more relaxed about it, though, can't you? If you are as good as Rob Baxter and you've got that confidence, you can take his losses and know it's not going to affect you too much going forward because you can use it. If you're not that good, or if you don't well, know quite chicken how to and handle, egg though, because how to handle pressure. It's chicken and egg, though, because I think Exeter have got to that point oh, by, uh, yeah. by being like that, by that process mentality. Not oh, yeah, yeah. And that's what I, yeah, that's what I mean. You know, they've got their processes and they're confident, confident in them. Someone like Leicester Tigers, who we'll talk about later, every loss well, of them feels like a small Let's death. Let's talk them now, because they're the biggest story of the no, week. we're not finished with right. Wasps, yeah? Well... <laughs> How much so, more to cover? How much well, more but, is there to cover? It was it was it was a pretty ugly game. Wasps aren't far off. Sale aren't aren't, well, aren't haven't hit their straps properly yet, but have, are doing but, uh, some are doing yeah. some good things. So here's something so, I want to ask you two. I asked this question of um, Dai Young in the press after, uh, after, and I asked him like, uh, do you think that this that this team is closer to? one of your relegation sides when you were fighting that? Or do you think it's closer to one of your sides when you ne- when you nearly won the title? Um, and he he seems to think top six, top four. What's he seemed to say top Because he can't say anything other than that. Can he not? If you present those two options, do so, you think you're close to relegation or the top of the table? He's always got to say top of the table because otherwise he's not backing his place. I think, and plus, you... I th- plus he'll believe it. Okay, so... Yeah, oh yeah ah, he will be. Right, okay, so we've got... Two things, maybe three. Then, okay. So, one, what do you what do you think about that team? Do you think it's uh, close to the top, close to the bottom? And two, how would you honestly de- honestly describe it without losing face if you if you were Dai Young? So, I, I don't think Dai Young ca- can possibly say anything else. I think that team is not the strongest they've had. I mm-hmm. think it's closer to the bottom half of the table. If you look back when they had Nathan Hughes, when they had Willie Larue, when they had Charles Pietau. Uh, Cipriani, when Gopeth was in his prime, mm. all those boys fit and firing. Curtly um, Beale, uh, yeah, Curtly Beale, Elliot Daly. Um, it's a diff- it is a different team, and given how competitive the Premiership Christian is, Wade, don't, don't forget him, Christian Wade, yeah. Given how competitive the Premiership is, um, I think they are going to be. They're certainly going to be in the bottom half of the table in I, my head. As competitive as the league is, and let's talk about contexts. Everything going on off the field at Wasps. I think Dai Young's doing a really, really great job to keep everyone kind of together, motivated. It's the, going to be a the, test of the, skills. The team ethos. I, does not. Do I think. Think, I think he's already. I think he's do already bit, done it. Do you not feel a bit bad for Dai Young? I do because he had this situation where he got his job in Cardiff, and let's face it, Cardiff are an absolute. You know, it's an absolute clown show there. He goes over to the Premiership. Wasps are a clown show. Then they get the rap together, and then he nearly wins the league, and that feels like they're going. He's going back to where he came from. 
I mean, I, I'm, I'm surprised he's stuck, he's stuck about, actually. Because it must feel so... It, you must get so downbeat after going <clears> through all of that only to come on the other side of it. You can't keep keep your players um, for, what, for whatever reason. You're continually having to rebuild the squad. And they're doing well. I mean, the, the signings they've made are bloody good, actually. Well, a dog who played well, Kibber Rigby, Kibber Rigby, I can't say his name now, Kibber Rigby could be signing of the season if he carries on. Sopoanga is a big name signing. Yeah, and Minotti he's starting, Sopoanga's starting to yeah. show oh, a, li- a little bit of a glimpse I, of I what need, he could do. I need to tell you this, I, I, I need to tell you this because it is important. So right at the start of the game, um, uh, Sale had their uh, community officer, um, a, guy, a guy called Craig Mo- Craig, Mo- Craig Moynihan, who got injured in Afghanistan, arranged for some veterans to to, to bring out the game game ball. Um, so there is a veteran in, um, in a wheelchair with the ball just outside outside of the tunnel. The Wasps boys come out full 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 get, get game head on, fully fully re- fully ready to play, except for one, which was Lima Supawanga, who ran out, stopped, went. Shook, uh, shook the guy's hand, had about a five-second chat, and then went off. I thought that is that is so nice. What what a nice man. That is a classy move. It was it was Very... it was actually quite a touching moment. Yeah, I thought yeah, you're about you you you're about to play a game. You're probably the most important guy in that team. It's on your shoulders, and he had you know, what? It's only like five seconds, but it's still nice. It's just a good touch. Yeah. Nice yeah. touch. Fair play. Um, so I think we should talk Quinns and Leicester. Talk yeah. talk about them in tandem because <sighs> in, in what order? <laughs> Because should we should we do Leicester? First? Leicester, what is, what what what's going on? Ray, we, we thought there were some uh, green shoots after last week's after win. After last week's Gloucester. win against Gloucester, yeah, against Gloucester. Goodness, yeah, yeah, goodness. So maybe we should talk about bloody Gloucester. Yeah, what's what going Gloucester. on? I know, I know. So, um, my first reaction was not to over, was not to overreact to this loss. It's just a lot, another loss, like every other loss. Um, so I think. Probably the best thing to do is raise the buildings, burn the records, and salt the earth. I mean, that's where we're at now. Um, is that disrespectful to London Irish? No, London Irish did, did, did well. They can in, enjoy their win, but I, we need to focus on on, on Leicester. I think uh, nothing short of club vandalism has has occurred at Leicester. I think now that they're gonna they're, well, if they're decency, I think the board should re- resign en masse. I think what they've done there. Has stumble and blunder from one season to the next. You start with the firing of Cockers, then then Major, then the misappointment of Matt O'Connor, then not having the balls to go out and, and get a different coach, bringing in uh, Jordan Murphy, and it's not his fault. In fact, he's probably the the last p- p- person to blame. Instead of letting him build up his own squad of coaches, you've continually bolted on all these other coaches. You've now brought in John McGinty. You've got Pat Howard to do some sort of some sort of of, of report. And all the, and all the while the guys at guys at the top of the tree have stayed there and they should all go and so should a good portion of the senior players. I don't think that, I I think at this point in time, obviously they are favourites to go down because they are bottom, but they might be the favourites to go down full stop actually, unless something improves drastically. I mean, even if it doesn't, bottom half of the table finish for a club like Leicester, not good enough. So I I do agree with a lot of things you said. One thing. There are certain senior players, well, there's a number of the senior players that I would keep. There were actually very, very few senior players involved yes. in this game. And that's the other you, caveat. Genge, look at the lo- Cole, 
um, Ford, 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 Young, Manu, Young, oh, the Youngs. Manu, May. Yeah. Vian, Vianu took a knock. Was the, absent. The the two. The problem the is two, the two senior or two of the senior players who actually showed up well in this game, Jonah Holmes and Guy, Ga- Guy no, Thompson. Guy Thompson, sorry, yeah. Guy Thompson. Those those two played very very well and battled very very hard and tried to lead by example. But the guys around them aren't necessarily up to it. But everyone it has lost yet. World Cup players. I mean, they're not the only team to. No, uh, that's not lost. fair. That's it is not fair. fair. It is fair. That's, right. No, that's not fair. And look. So you're you're telling me Gloucester and Harlequins and Sale and Walsh and London Irish have have got have got Genge, Cole, Youngs, Ford, May, Tuilangi, Vianu. No, no, not um, exactly, but like yeah, but ha- Bath, Bath literally got, half a team I mean, Bath of have got the whole back three missing. They're, they're missing yeah. McConaughey. Yes. Um, I'm not saying I'm not saying there aren't other players away, but I'm saying they do. They are disproportionately hit, I I guess. Yeah, but this isn't a new thing. I mean, they finished second to bottom last year, and there was excuses for that. I've got two competing theories about what has happened at Leicester. Number one is there. Well, okay. Number one, and probably the main one is what I just explained before about leadership. But maybe there's think which the leadership couldn't have avoided. So number one would be has. Rugby's culture bypassed Leicester's culture. So, what do you think of out of interest when you think of a classic Leicester team? Big pack, big pack, big pack, big, uh, big, uh, big scrum. So, yeah. my first thought was yeah, like, your second most important player is your reserve tight head. Tight head, yeah. And I love that idea. And then I thought about that, and I thought, yeah, maybe, maybe rugby's just passed on. It's all about skills and offloading and this that, and the other. But it's not, is it? I mean, you start you, well, you start, final. Yeah, you started the podcast by saying yeah. scrums are still important. Scrums. You can't. You've got to have the foundations. If you if you ignore, you can have all the skills in the world, mm. but if you've not got the foundations, it's irrelevant. It's, so, it's like building a massive, a beautiful, um, architecturally perfect house on a bed of sand. Exactly right. So you've either got a situation where the game has bypassed Leicester, or the people in charge of Leicester have gone away from Leicester's. Core, core values. I, I tend to think it is the latter. And then it's a case of uh, kind of like sand, sand on a beach. If you wash away a bit of sand on a beach, the rest of it goes very, very, uh, goes very, very quickly. And I think as soon as they started eroding that culture, how, however many years ago, it's just completely gone. So when you get players coming into Leicester now, they, they don't become Leicester players. They don't buy into that Leicester culture. They are their own. In, they are like their own own individuals. Whereas if you're a t- top class, world class player that goes into Saracens, you have to buy into what Saracens are. Yes, but what Saracens? No, but uh, this is where I do disagree with you because or what, Exeter. Let's use Exeter. Well, yeah, Saracens Exeter and Exeter. Well, Exeter and Saracens, I think, are both the same. But Exeter and Saracens, yes, they have very set cultures that you buy into, but they are twenty first century cultures. What you're describing as being the Leicester, the massive Tuesday physical boss session where we'll have punch-ups and fights. Yeah, boxing. The game has moved on from that. Yeah, so that's The game that. has moved on from that. I agreed. So maybe what Leicester were relying on has gone past them and they've not caught up. And actually, you know, we are where we are. Another, another thing, just to highlight differences. So the stability of the leadership in um, Saracens and Exeter, um, Mark McCall and, and Baxter particularly, over the last... Well, how long have those two been in role? Ten years. Whereas you look at the last ten years of coaches for Leicester, and it's like so their selection of coaches and DORs has been trying to follow a, a formula 
that has never been right, and they've mm, continued yeah. to stick with it. And the, the shame of it is, I think Leicester made a really good choice. So I, I think it's possible to make good choices through the right processes and still come out with the wrong answer. And I think that, um, what's his name? Something, uh, Cohen, first name? Simon. Simon Cohen is basically that, that wrong answer. I love the idea that you went out and got an agent and you know he used to be green room sport or some such thing you get a guy who knows the player market inside out who knows contracts inside out it happens a lot in american football you get agents going into front office of, yeah. of of american football teams i think it's a very 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 smart thing thing to do but you know you fast forward it just hasn't worked it just yeah. hasn't worked out so I, they have tried to modernize I, I think that this it will it is going to take a while they are making some good decisions in terms of personnel I wouldn't judge them on this weekend, and I think it's a it's a longer process. But as I've said on the podcast many times before, you can crystallise why Leicester are where they are in the hooker position because think how much cash is tied up in fantastic blokes. That don't don't confuse this with any sort of conversation about the, the, the character, the personal character of the men. They are fine men. They, how much how much money is tied up in Tom Youngs and Tatafu Palotta now, and what have they let go in in Harry Thacker? And right there, you can and McGuigan and McGuigan amplify that outwards and across the squad. And there you go, that's that, so, that's your issue. And Northampton, Jim Mallander got himself into a very similar situation at Northampton. He kept he kept too many players too long, didn't let these guys that were clearly chomping at the bit to get game time in, and someone fresh. Who cleaned house? Look at the difference it makes. Yeah, the problem with that is Leicester have tried to clean house this yeah. season. Well, they, they will never clean house because as long as Simon Cohen's there, and it's not a knock, <coughs> not a knock on yeah, him personally. Yeah, but he's the guy well, picking we, we, the players and doing you know. So again, if they were to make the same decision when hiring him as first time round, I think it's a good idea. I think that's some. In fact, it's a terrific idea to go that that route. It just hasn't worked out, and it's the board that needs to go because they've had so many chances. Um, I've got a question for you two. If you were going to be put in, tra- in charge of Leicester Tigers tomorrow, what would be your fun- fundamental moves to right this ship? I mean, uh, I'm, I'm not even sure where to start with that because I was a fan of what they did last season, in uh, the closed season, as in offloading a load of talent and bringing a few key players in. Um but I still think you look at the squad and there's Deadwood. Yep. So yeah. I don't I don't think it can be turned around this season because you're already signed up for this season. So, so it, the it first be... the first thing I would do is acknowledge that this is a building. This yeah. is this is we're going to have to take some time with this. And I don't think I mean I think there will have been a Northampton fans. I'm sure Chris Boyd was as ambitious as he is, but I'm sure there's a lot of Northampton fans and maybe some people around the club who thought they might not be looking at this season as, oh, we could have a sniff here. Maybe maybe they're thinking, oh, that might be next year. But mm. um so I, I would take a, a slightly longer term view. I think you I think mm. you're right. They pruned they pruned and and made some decent signings. And I'll go back to this and, and, and I'll say it in terms of like Quinn's in the past, not not so much right now, but I, I don't like the fact that it's it's a massive disadvantage, particularly in a World Cup year, to have great players. Mm. Yeah, because the because it has a salary cap. There's only so many players and so many quality of players you can have, and in a World Cup year, Leicester are 
Do you think? Uh, it's, it's that they are being ravaged. As Phil would say, though, do you think there's an element of Leicester playing on tilt, i.e. they are so desperate for the lads now that the salary cap's going to be working against them because they'll be paying over the odds for Labaninis and whoever yeah, it is. Potentially, yeah. 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 They're so desperate to get that top spot back. It's like, right, here is as much cash as you can have and we'll give, you know, they're going to be overpaying for more internationals who will be away. Yeah, yeah, that, that is a risk. Yeah. Um, I do, as much as I like Jordan Murphy and I like a lot of what he says, I, I'm not sure I would have stuck with him. I mean, Jordan Murphy had a chance a few years ago, as I understand it, or as rumoured, to either be coach of Northampton, who was on that shortlist, and he was also on the shortlist, I think, for Cardiff Blues, and Leicester retained him. I know you want to keep you, you, you guys in house, but wouldn't they be in a better situation if they wanted Jordan Murphy to coach the club to have him at least experiment with Cardiff Blues for a little while? Yeah. Or Northampton for a more little while ex- and then bring him back? More experience of more things. Yeah. Uh, um, I don't, at this point, I'm so down on Leicester Tigers. I don't think they're ever going to. They're, they're the new wasps for you. Uh, You've been complimenting. <laughs> yeah. Well, no wasps are the new wasps. Um, <laughs> I'm so down, down on, 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 Leicester, on Leicester Tigers that. I don't think they're going to ever win anything again with what they have, um, with the with the management. It's almost as if a relegation might be the only thing which can actually, um, you know... Uh, factory reboot. Yeah, factory reboot. You know, um, uh, like, let the blood. I mean, that's, which, that's the only thing which I think can happen. Which Quinns and Northampton both had that. They both press reset in the mid-2000s and both in the last 10 years have won the league. Yeah. So it might not be the worst thing in the world. I mean, I just it got, it, might not. I, it would be very hard for Leicester to take after their winning so many titles and being never missing out on uh, top four for so many years. It might actually be a better thing. This feels a bit reactionary, reactionary to me, based on one very bad performance and last season. And last and, season. And well, no, and no, I, no, no. I understand. I understand. Games. I understand. But I think I don't think anyone was thinking. Leicester, they're going to be challenging top four this year. No, true. and that's the problem. Yeah, true. Well, and no, no, problem, no, but no. But but, but, but then suddenly talking in these terms now. Well, maybe, maybe well, they we just lost a relegation decider potentially. <laughs> maybe we should have always been straight. Maybe they are treating this as a rebuilding year. Maybe they're going to try out long-term combinations for the future in this. Mm, there's just so many. I mean, you can talk circularly about Leicester because you, you sort of. <clears throat> Addressing one aspect of their problems, and it comes back to the next aspect, and you know it, it's it's all a bit of a mess. So, on that note, we should praise London Irish quite because yes. what? this this is not a vintage Leicester team, but this was a very good performance by London Irish, who still have Adam Coleman to come back in. Yeah, <clears throat> now or not come back in can, to come in. Come in. Can I? Why um, Saki Naholo got in, got on the score sheet in his debut debut? Yeah, he's a bloody good player. So I'm going to link this back to Leicester. And simultaneously link it back to Northampton. Northampton had their problems, cleared house, like when they got got rid of Alex Alex King, and obviously that 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 solved everything. Well, they got rid of um, Stephen Myler, and how good is it to watch him <laughs> kicking points back in the Premiership? The much maligned Stephen Myler leading his team to victory. I absolutely love it. And victory against the old enemy Leicester Tigers. Perfect. It could not be more perfect. Yeah, and a bonus point win for London Irish. Yeah, those, those bonus points will be important at the end of the season. Quinns are the one that I think, and this is why I say it's a bit, I feel it's a bit reactionary given the context of all of, of uh, Leicester's internationals away and given what they were last season, they were 11th. I, I think it's a, it's a bit reactionary to, to go too hard on them. 
Quinns, on the other hand, one win from four. And so I went back and had a look at their uh, collapse last season. Their their premiership form is currently two wins from 11 games. Oh, my word. Really? So you multiply that across 22 games a season. You don't have to be a brilliant mathematician like me uh, to work one, out. One, two, <coughs> double, so it's double two, right? So double two. two. So that's like two and then like another, another two. Another two. Okay. Another right. two. Me. So if they, if they keep that form up this season, I'm not saying they will do, but that is relegation form. That is definitely relegation Which, form. And compared to where Queens looked like they were going last season <clears throat> and compared to where we would have been talking about them and people would have been talking about them in pre-season and with the bonus of saying, they're not actually losing that many players to the World <laughs> Cup. We're, they, they, well, could be, they could be yeah. in a good spot here. Yeah. That, that's the one I think deserves the most attention as a, a, a them and Gloucester are the ones I'm going hold on a minute what, what's what's going on Gloucester will be fine because I, oh no I, no no yeah Gloucester will be 100% yeah. well, uh, million percent as we said, faith in Johan Ackerman as we said yeah. earlier so, on I think we'll look back at this first month of the season and go well that meant nothing yeah I've heard but, some worrying things about Quinns nothing which I would I would repeat um, but you are right to raise raise this issue Tim I mean who would you who would you rather be in charge of at, at the moment Quins or Tigers? Oh, Quins. I think Quins just about. I would I would also say Quins. What do you think of Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Joe Marchant resigning, by the way. No, sorry, so, that's a bit of a tangent. So I really like it. Yeah, I do. I like it from both sides. See, there's a salary cap um, implication going on there. The cynical side of me might think something like Dave Atwood to Toulon maybe a couple of years yeah. ago. That's but I, I actually don't think that. I, I see this as Quinn's... Quinn's are looking... That's, that's an interesting point, though. It, <laughs> it is. Yeah, well, cynical. since... Um, Sam Burgess retired, all roads lead to the salary cap now. <laughs> so, yeah, it's quite smart, isn't it, in a way? So I I really like it as a move for both the club and the player because in my mind, so and I, I said this last week specifically about coaches, the more experience you get, the better. Now, coaches have a potential 30-year mm. window. So you can go and spend, Ronald Gara could spend 10 years travelling around the world and learning all the best bits from everyone else. A player you're lucky to get a 10-year window. Now, Marchant is still 23. He's got a number of England caps. He's highly talented, but he has got eight to 10 good years left in him. So for him to spend six months learning from some of the best, going, playing against some of the best, learning a totally different way of playing, it it's an amazing opportunity to, for him to play with, I mean, just to name a couple, but Bowden Barrett and Rico Ioane in a back line. That's fairly handy. It is. It is quite handy, isn't it? And it so I, I like it from his only, side, I, and I like it from the club. I love it, and say, also 
He's going to be better. We will invest in him. We'll invest this in him so that next season he will be even better than he is. And and if you want to look at where we are now, it's 2019. Uh, So we're talking about this happening in 2020 and the next World Cup. Is he not leaving in January? Yeah, January twenty. Oh, sorry, I understand. Yeah. So, yeah. and the next World Cup is twenty twenty three. So, it's perfect. So, I do perfect. like it, and I don't like it. So, let me tell you why I do like it for all the reasons that Phil yeah. just said. The reason I don't like it is twofold. One, it tells me Quinn's aren't expecting to win anything now. Um, but two, I don't like it from Joe Marchant's point of view because every time that you go away to New, New Zealand, you, well, how? Well, it's what, much what, more boring than London. Yeah, that's basically what, what you're yeah. saying. <laughs> West, you're in West London. What are you doing? Well, yes, there is that. <laughs> But he's made an error. Don't sign that new contract until you're in New Zealand. right? The New Zealand premium for English players is sky high. <laughs> now, I'm not saying that Pierce Francis is not worth the money that, that, that he's on. Or Matt Simmons. Or Matt Simmons. I'm not saying that. But I bet, I bet you a lot of money they have got a substantial pay rise because they were playing over there and were highly regarded by the New Zealand press rather than if they had a season at Nottingham. Or you know, even even in the Pro 14, even somewhere like a, sto- a stone's throw away, I wouldn't have signed that deal until I had six months of highlights <laughs> in, in Super Rugby beating up. Oh, on, the attacking you know. highlights you can get from Super Rugby! Oh my yeah. word! Here's here's Joe Marchant running full speed at no defenders. Amazing! <laughs> Sign that man. And that's that's even in the context that I imagine he'll be being very <laughs> handsomely rewarded. But anyway, I, I think you'll probably see someone like Rico Yuani at, at Quinns for a bit. That's interesting. Although. I mentioned this before. I think we talked about it on last week's podcast. I said, Paul Gustard's selection does make me scratch my head a little bit. Mm. With the chopping and changing, week on week on week, mm. and wingers that come out of nowhere straight into the starting 15, then they're out and never seen again. And we talked about the players, Charlie Walker and Tim Visser and um, other guys that just didn't get a look in last year. This is starting to look a bit odd to me, and in the context of one win out of four, but I was talking about it before then, I, I, some, I, I don't get it. I wonder, mm. uh, be honest, Tim, have you heard some whispers? What do you mean? As in, I've heard whispers that not everyone is particularly happy with the, with no? the, way, with the way things have been handled at Quinn's. No, and I... And I not, uh, no, but you would never speculate on, on, on rumours any, uh, anyway, no? Uh, I wouldn't, but no, okay. I've not. Well, I've not heard those things either. Um... Yeah, I'm with you. It, I, it does look. It does look particular. I was thinking. I was thinking. I was just thinking about Paul Gustard because there was a lot of pictures um, of Saracens, and there was one picture of Paul Gustard with the Premiership trophy, looking ripped in the yeah. dressing room with his top off, leading he's the Tiki big, Tonga. He's a big slice. Yeah, he he's, he's, he's a big lad. Anyway, um, and I was thinking, oh yeah, he came from Saracens, didn't he? Where that was. Oh my God! How Mark? He, he's saying he's an agent. <laughs> that was how Mark McCall ran things. You would quite often see that. The certain positions at Saracens would chop and change right. quite a lot. This brings me to but something. But it doesn't work. It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. work at Quinn's. This brings me to something yet. that not Phil yet. said. I'm not, did you say it on the, on the podcast? About know. players playing for United or what or what have you who got specific, specific roles. Yeah, it was um, Alex Ferguson from one of his books, I think. I think we, I think, I think we spoke yeah, about Yeah, we did, we did, we did on speak about on the podcast. Yeah. 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 And we did say, I wonder if Saracens do that. And I wonder, I wonder if. Mo, I wonder if you're so my man for this for this three week block. Yeah. yeah. So we we are playing Quinns. We are playing Saracens in three weeks time. Um, James Lang, you're not going to play for the next three weeks. But you're going to be outside centre. Yeah. You're going to obviously. Do, you're going to do this <laughs> role. Uh, well, in this case, we're playing Worcester in three weeks time. It's a must win home game. You're going to play outside centre in three weeks time. Mind so you, Lang is rapid. So study 
uh, Venter or Beck or Ollie Lawrence. Study yeah. all of them. All three of them. And then mark them out of the game. Or not. Yeah, or just let them through at will. It's completely up to you, really. You're the man. So this game for, for Quinns, obviously, it's a home loss against one of the historically weaker teams in the league. And they... they so they were 14 nil up. It's very similar to the Exeter yeah. Bristol game. They were 14 nil up after 14 minutes. Yeah. Now you don't have to be a brilliant mathematician like me to work out how many points they should accumulate after Min- 80 minutes. 80 points. Eight, it should a have been point 80, a minute. It should have been 80 nil. 80 nil. 80 nil. Have I told you about the time that I scored one try in one minute? You have. But yeah. tell us again. Okay. Uh, Lancashire <laughs> Cup final. Right. I was named. It, the ultimate humiliation for Broughton Park just got in, got into the first team, playing in the playing at the time in, in the back row. Mark Lloyd, our old coach, names the team, goes through all the reserves. His first reserve back row, Mark McConnell. Second reserve back row, Jonathan Beardmore. Well, and everyone <laughs> laughed at me, of course, because uh, you know it's a stupid, a stupid, thing, you know, a stupid position. One minute left of the Lancashire Cup final. We are we are trailing. Beardmore, get get on, score. It within one minute. Anyway. Can I can I just say something else on that front? I don't care if it's a cup final, if it's, if it's a league game, if it's whatever. If if I'm coaching amateur rugby, giving someone one minute is pathetic. Well, particularly when he scored one try. I mean, extra well, yeah. that, that's eighty <laughs> tries. That's eighty <laughs> tries in a game. Eighty tries on the bench and we lost the Lancashire Cup. I don't. Didn't you make that explicitly clear when you got back into the dressing room after the game? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, where, uh, where, where's your medal? I threw it into a hedge. Uh, <laughs> but but on, on, on a serious on a, on a, a serious note, a sedge, uh, sorry, the medal in a hedge instead essentially parked somewhere. So if you're scarfed, <laughs> it might be worth some money. On a, on a serious note, did, did did the coach say to you, look? But by the way, just be prepared before this game. I might not use you. No, or it might be right. So just on. on on a serious note, because there may be people involved in amateur club rugby or whatever. I, genuinely, yeah, if, I, if, if I was the head, co- if I was the coach and, and doing that, I would actually say, JB, I prob- I'm pro- might not use you. Uh, would you rather have a game for the twos? There was no twos game. This was like cup final. This is cup final. Mid May. May. Mid, 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 would you have played if he'd said you're going to have one minute? Yeah. Oh, okay. Because you, you never score know, one try. You know, fingers crossed, one of your teammates might have a horrific broken leg. <laughs> I mean, you, you, you never know. Um, well, at least he should have told you that before the warm-up, so you could take. Oh, so no, you no, could, no, I mean, you could sniper at someone's knee, <laughs> yeah, yeah. tackle someone up. <laughs> <laughs> we were winning. A dog grew their face. We were winning that uh, cup final quite comfortably. <laughs> that um, should be a, that should be an adjective, by the way. Boy, you just got a dog wood. You just got doggered. We were winning. I think about three tries or something. We were winning comfortably at half time. And the team come out for the second half because at cup final you're allowed to go back in the change room. We come out for the second half and we're missing at least one centre um, who was on the toilet with a rather suspect stomach after a massive night out. So they spent the first five minutes of the second half with 14 players on <laughs> rather than substitute because it wasn't even interchange then. It was full it was on that. subs. <laughs> and I, I can't remember like, how, we, how we lost it, but we, but we did. And we lost it badly against Vale Loon. The, the day that England won the Rugby World Cup in 2003, I was playing, I think it was Newbury I was playing for, um, and and I didn't get on in the game. Oh. But I still, I was I was getting paid, I got paid, so it was fine. So, oh. It's fine. Oh, and I, yeah, it was, it, was, it was good. And I didn't, ben I, Ryan? I, I didn't care about that, but no, it wasn't Ben Ryan. Yeah. But, uh, but that's the, that's different. So yeah, just any amateur well, rugby players. like. Like, give, a, give everyone a game minimum 20 minutes it's ridiculous there is a don't. problem with amateur rugby that some clubs are in the amateur era and they are amateur but they forget they're amateur and I think a club like Broughton Park would often forgets where its station is now but they, you know, they at least don't pay players they don't pay some players 
Um, okay. <laughs> so, um, yeah, if you think about it, if you were a big club back in the day, like an, like an Oral, say, Oral. there is a yeah. good chance that, um, not this incarnation of Oral, the last incarnation of, of, of Oral, it's a good chance that your committee members still think that you should be pushing for championship rugby. And there's no way that you'll be pushing for championship rugby, but they want that seriousness. They want you know the subs to be treated in the same way. They want to see your moves look like England's moves. And that's basically, I think, where a lot of clubs in the Northwest who were big clubs, that's the way they go. In fact, it probably happens up and down the country. Almost yeah. certainly does. I, I'm certain it does. Yeah. And it was why you don't... Like, I, mean, I agree with you, Tim. You've got to give every player a certain amount of time. And yeah. it's your job as a coach to engineer what job that they can do. You've got to make sure they can do it, do a job. Or at least Pretty be honest more. with the guy beforehand. Yeah. Yeah, but don't take so it. So would you... Like, again, I, yeah. obviously it was a cup final and there was no other games, but I, I, I would actually say if you'd rather have a game for the twos. Yeah, you've got to get them on. You, you've got to get yeah. them on. But I think that's why there's a disconnect from... You know, look at the stuff that like Russell, Russell, Russell Earnshaw does. The Magic Academy guys. Yeah. Now, I don't agree with all the stuff that that, that, go, that, that goes on there, but that's good because I, be, because I shouldn't. Um, that is a million miles away, that sort of progressive, open thinking. About yeah, and if you, if you don't know about this, it's yeah. former England Sevens player... Um, He's under 20... He was under 21's coach. coach. fantastic mind, frankly. Uh, for, yeah, brilliant coach was part of the, yeah was part of the England yeah. setup, and you, you can you can track him and his what's the son what's the what's the guy he works with John Fletcher Fletcher yeah, yeah. so Russell Earnshaw and, and John Fletcher you can track the the success of the England under twenty side <laughs> yeah, as to oh when are the what's the point at which they were no longer involved oh there it is the <laughs> yeah. graph just suddenly dips yeah funnily enough uh, so anyway quite, so now they have this thing they go around and. Um, coach, yeah, it's, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. It's fascinating uh, thinking, but that's a million miles away from the culture that you get in clubs, particularly ones that really want to get to the next level, and the next level, and the next level. Like Sedgley Park would be a good example. That sort, of, that sort of stuff is not getting into Sedgley. However, Park. The, the that kind of I quite think. quite progressive, positive mentality, processes, process driven approach, I think, is actually what clubs like Exeter and Saracens have <sighs> in in an elite setting. That's their. That's what they've done. So one of the coaches said something really interesting to me. Who was an England twenties coach? He said, "We teach these kids all these skills, and they get to a Premiership club, and they need about seventy percent of them." I think that's probably more more things. I think again, club rugby, competitive club rugby, is not always similar to say under twenties rugby or player development rugby. There's a huge, huge gulf. So I'll give you an example of things like. Um, uh, well, I, I, don't, I still don't understand the downside of that. What's, what, is, is that a negative? That, yeah, that I think it is. They only need yeah, I, I think seventy percent of the skills that they have. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I, yeah. Because the Premiership club. So you should so... have you should have spent all the time making the seventy percent better and ignore the thirty percent totally. Well, there, you could argue about that. You could argue. Well, no, about... is that what you're saying? No, I, I would say that if you're preparing young players to come through, no, actually, it it does make sense to have them overskilled because they can yeah. fit into any system then. But I guess when you're in that system, it's a case of then mastering that system, which is slightly different. Yeah, I was listening to um, Science of Sport podcast um, on how do you build the greatest rugby team, and speaking, they were speaking to a guy who's written a book on the All Blacks, and he was making the suggestion that so the All Blacks, when they lose a player, either through injury or when one of the greats retires, there is less of a impact on the team um, because all of the players have such a high foundation of skills that they can fit it's not that they're they naturally um, don't do exactly the same role 
but they can fit into the team. You're not looking better. for an identical jigsaw piece. Yes. Mm. Yeah. The, the, the jigsaw will sort of fuse together and then break itself apart in a new shape. 85% of all the jigsaws yeah. are the same. So they will nicely fit al- alongside each other and then just merge in with that extra 15% in one direction or yeah. another. So I, I guess my point about the skills is do I want a second row who is phenomenally skilled at yes. all these bit? I mean, the yes, I do. Is, Maybe yes, but I'd rather one that knows the line out inside out and can oh, push really hard. We're never ever going to see a goal kicking lock again, are we? Like John Eels. Thank God. It's Thank unlikely. God. I like, I mean, there are some things which I'm happy to leave in the past. Oh, so good though. I said he was a re- really good, good, good kicker. Chris Jones from, from Sale. I was talking to his university coach and they wouldn't let him kick. And then the last old lock kick, slash back row. Yeah, and then apparently in university he said, I really want to kick last uh, game of the season. Nailed them all. Favourite yeah. f- favorite thing like that, when when we had a... Uh, uh, JB and I played in a game where the tight head prop was goal kicker. Yeah. And he was a big old unit of the Who tight head prop. Oh, Con- yeah. Connor. Connor. <laughs> Connor. And I, the- I've seen... I've definitely seen a Broughton Park first team game where Connor was kicking from tight head. Uh, <laughs> he missed like four out of four and they lost... I think 20-odd nil to Lee. Yeah, but when we had to call him up, Corner! Corner! <laughs> oh, we thought of the win, they said Connor, so we, we, we roll up Connor to get the most <laughs> unlikely kick to win the game. Nails it! Win, win the game. <laughs> Against Near, the wind from halfway. Yeah, nearly escaped relegation, but we didn't. Uh, nice story, though. Nice story. Yes. Talking of nice um, stories, Europe's next week. Just just before we do, oh, yes. we, we've spoke a lot, of, a gr- great length about Quinns and Leicester. We gave some praise to London Irish rightly so we should definitely give some praise to Worcester Warriors absolutely Phil by the way I I did tell you not to worry about in fantasy rugby draft Phil's computer froze when he when it was his turn to make his selection my second pick his second round pick it just went it went into auto draft for Phil and he got Duncan Weir and as a result he as a backup you know after the Trade or, or he picked up off the free agency, John O'Lance to handcuff them, and and you were gutted. You're like, I can't believe it. I messed it. I was like, mate, you're not going to regret that because you yeah. were going for Lima Sopa Wagger. Yeah, but, why? Well, because uh, he's a nice guy. He, the way he treats veterans. veterans <laughs> yeah, exactly that. Well, no, I'm not not too. I'm, I'm annoyed. Uh, I benched uh, Guy Thompson. Do you know who I'm annoyed? Didn't, annoyed with? Didn't make like, any difference. Seriously, annoyed with. Makes, makes me want to throw things at him. Um, Ollie Lawrence, why can't he get a game? What's <laughs> what's wrong with the boy? You don't need to worry about your team at the moment. Why, why can't Ollie Lawrence play? Um, he, he, he came he, he came off the bench. He's a young man. Yeah, but he's going to be the future of all of, of all of all things rugby, and he's in my fantasy team. I expect <laughs> him to play soon. Or I'm going to uh, him and Thakatoa have been the biggest biggest disappointment so far in fantasy rugby draft. In, in fantasy rugby yeah. draft, yeah. In yeah. Real life asterisk. <laughs> no, the biggest <laughs> disappointment so far, uh, probably on the field uh, for the fans this weekend. And in my fantasy rugby draft team is the Northampton front row. Sort yourselves out, lads. <laughs> yeah, Come on. For my for my sake, I'm now. I was I was two wins from two. Now uh, now I'm two from four. Filled my heart with joy. That um, minus twenty point three. Yeah, Worcester are doing doing a great job. A, yeah. a really great great job. Um, I've said it before. Uh, I never thought that. Who's bottom uh, of the table then? Is it Leicester? Leicester. Leicester. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's something like Leicester. Quins? Wasps, wasps, Leicester Wasps, Leicester Wasps, Leicester Quins. Wasps, Quins. Th- those are the three, three former champ. Yeah. Oh no, no, yeah, three former champions. Those are the three. Tenth, eleventh, twelfth. With one from four. Wow. Then, then you've got six teams with two from four: Bath, Worcester, London Irish, Exeter, Gloucester, Sale, and the three teams who have won three out of four: Saracens, Northampton, and Bristol, 
right now wow. on points difference by one point out top of the, of the league. Table. Top wow. Of the table. Wow, wow, wow. Um, yeah, so um, Alan Solomon's doing a marvellous job. And I, I don't know how much praise goes to him, how much praise goes to Rory Duncan. Well, um, it's in, that's an interesting one. So I never thought that this would work. In the summer, they said Rory Duncan's leaving. Oh, did they? I wasn't aware of that. Um, and then he was linked to some other jobs. Mm-hmm. And they said, oh, I think the, the sort of comments were, yes, Rory's exploring other opportunities and we're happy for him to go. Then, just before the season, it was, oh, no, he, he's staying. Good. But mm. but I don't know if that was a, he's staying, but he can still explore other opportunities because we ultimately are going to let him go or it's he's staying and we we want him to be part of it. But whatever whatever the combination and whatever the chemistry is, it's really working. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting because Worcester, as I understand it, are trying to get sold, right? They they really want to get sold. Oh, no, no, they've got the new owners. Yeah, oh, oh, yeah, they've got the no, new owners. They're yeah. investing in the... Um, Led by Dave, with, with, with Dave Seymour involved. Silly me. They're investing in... Property. Uh, trying to build some... Property. Uh, like a sort of <laughs> entertainment facility, make yeah. it a gig venue, that kind of thing. I mean, they're not holding on to players as they should. I mean, they lost some last year. They lost some. Uh, well, they, lost they, some they this year they brought some in to replace yeah, they those have, guys. They have, um, but more importantly, the coaches are doing a great job, and the team. Are, are and and Bryce Heem, let's be clear, Bryce Heem went because he had an opportunity of a lifetime to earn mega bucks. Yeah, good for him. Um, the thing about Worcester is, as soon as they start 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 winning, you know, like they've got a really good fan base. So it might be a small stadium, but actually, they can create. They can create. A lot of noise. I expect them to be pretty good at home, and if they can pick up a few more results like this, mm. bloody hell! Yeah, going to the stoop and winning is a good result. I mean, that if they can get, yeah, you know, win one like one in three away games and have a so- solid home record, that is that, that's a serious. That's outfit. good. Yeah, yeah, definitely, so, definitely. So yeah, as you say, attention moves to Europe. And there, there, oh, was well, a of, there was we a couple of there was a couple of yeah. There's a couple of other news stories. Oh, yes. that yeah, well, we've not on, touched there's, on. There's also a result that I would like. How long to... are we running at running at the minute? Not long enough. Um, <laughs> it's ve- it feels yeah. very long. Feels very long. Very long. That, okay. Um, <laughs> just one result I'd like to dwell on. Oh, okay. Ospreys fourteen, Kings sixteen, at Ospreys. So, the thing I most enjoyed about this was everything. Well. Is there anything you didn't enjoy about it? So I enjoyed Kings getting their first ever win, away win in the Pro 14. Amazing. What I enjoyed most, what really gave me a chuckle this morning was when I was reading the rugby paper and I was flicking through um, Shane Williams' column. Oh, yeah. And he was talking about how electric and exciting the Ospreys' back line is and how good it would be be if Liam Williams joined it. And it just made me laugh (sighs) because that would have been written before that game so yeah. I just quite enjoyed the now yeah to, to Cyrus and salary cap woes they might be able to solve it by saying look Liam we're going to give you a massive pay cut and you're going to take it or you're going to Ospreys you have to go back you to go, Wales you no have. no <laughs> yeah. I'll play for free um, do you know who played lock for uh, the Kings uh, Sexton correct Jer- Jerry, Jerry Sexton. Sexton yes wow wow Anyway, that's uh, that's our Pro 14 roundup done. What Beautiful. was the what was the other news that you had? So there was a few other stories. So I'll, I'll run through them very very quickly. Okay. Scotland were fined seventy thousand pounds. Lol. For their typhoon Hagibis comments and the threat of legal action. Good uh, lesson there is keep your mouth shut. Yeah, uh, especially if people are dying. 
Yeah, yes, quite. <laughs> um, other news. So, Beast has retired uh, because you heard our podcast. Wanted the fairy tale. Heard ending. our podcast. Wanted to make sure he was one of the fairy tale endings. Yeah. Yeah. So that is a fairy tale ending. Um, Francois Lowe has also retired from international rugby. Okay, good. Um, Dylan Hartley retires, Shame. which we mentioned before. Yeah, that but, is but, that is not a fairy tale. By the way, can I say I still um call me a very old fashioned. I don't like anyone retiring from international rugby. I well, think, well, I think you don't decide when you when your country doesn't need when you're not making yourself available for your country. Your country decides if it needs you or not, and if your country needs you. You answer your country's call. Call yeah. me old-fashioned. That's why I, I know that's not realistic. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm being. I'm saying. What well, even if your club gives you a massive pay cut? Uh, pay, sorry, pay, pay rise. rise just to retire. Wow. Uh, hypothetically, not that they could do that. Like, oh, I mean, we've just, we're we're recording this on Remembrance Sunday, and you know what? It, it, don't retire from international rugby. I, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't agree. retire from international rugby. That, if, that that's is not the, what you say. That from is it, the lesson. That's that. not what you take from from Remembrance Sunday. You've got it all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, th- I think we all we, we all stand in solidarity with you there, Tim. Yes, um, absolutely. Um, other news? No, no. I just want to oh. dwell on Dylan Hartley. Yes. So far too often now, you speak to players uh, or you watch players, and there's a certain monotoneness about how they how how they how they come across. I think Dylan Hartley might have had one of the best careers ever because not only does, has he done the whole international thing very successfully and being a captain, and by the way, a bloody good captain too, despite what everyone said uh, uh, said about him prior to this. He, he was uh, instrumental. When you actually look at it in retrospect in that four-year block leading up to a World Cup final, he was instrumental at helping Eddie Jones 100%. Change, change the tone, change the dynamic and... Get a world record, e- world record equaling number of straight wins. Tier one, straight yeah. Wins. Tier one, straight he, wins. He won. Uh, he's sorry, won, sorry, Cyprus. <laughs> uh, he's won the Premiership, right? Yeah. And the best part about it is he's done it all with a horrible disciplinary record, and it just tells you, doesn't it, that um, never a line. Yeah, talent is more important than being a good boy. You know, you, you can do basically whatever you want, providing that you are talented. That you are talented enough, and if except go to a World Cup or a Lions tour, except for that, but it didn't really, it didn't even matter. In fact, if in some ways it's better he did that he didn't because now he's phenomenally interesting. Who do you want to hear talk out of all of these players in his generation? Who is going to be more interesting after dinner, or whose book is going to be going to be more interesting? It's going to be Dylan Hartley because he is, you know, he's done it all. He's done the good. He's done the bad. He's had the most interesting career of probably any player over the last ten, ten years. I liked his tweet that said, um, so Churches, sponsors of Northampton, did a post saying, legend of the game, true gentleman, Dylan Hartley, blah, blah, blah. And he said, "Um, thank thank you very much for the 15 seasons of free shoes. I was always the best dressed at my hearings. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bravo. Fair, fair Bravo. And his accountant all of a sudden is retrospectively <laughs> filling in his his payment in kind exactly. in shoes. <laughs> uh, other news then, Phil. R- rattle through it. So there is another sign. Well, there is a signing. Um, Sonny Bill to Toronto Bill. confirmed. Yeah, he's coming to Manchester. Uh, he is. He, he is here on Wednesday. Yeah. Really? He's here on Wednesday. He's, he's, he's looking for houses on, on Wednesday. And speculation... That he's being joined by some other big names. So there's speculation that Toronto are after Manu to go alongside Sonny Bill and Semi Radrada, and Semi and who are, and who are Leeds after? Leeds are after George Ford. That is the one I think's got real legs. It's the money is the issue for me in, in rugby league. George Ford's still only twenty six, twenty seven. Yeah, he is. But why not start the new World Cup cycle? Because it's because learn a few more things. 
get out, for, get maybe out for a six month period. Yeah, get out of that dumpster of fire, which rugby. is Leicester Tigers. It's a way out of Leicester, which is positive. Bit of summer rugby, learn something different is a positive. I just can't see no. the money being sufficient. No. How much Unless, do you need? Well, if Tony Adams melts down his gold chain, they've, yep. they've got a chance of being able to afford him. I oh, they could, uh, they could unveil him on that little desk by the vending <laughs> the machine. Hall. Hear me now, believe me later. I think Leeds will find a way to get him in. I'm not sure what the salary cap rules are in league, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you can have an NCAP player. And that's where he would go. And all yeah, of a sudden, rugby league, cap. the Super League, are running a competition with Sonny Bill in it and George Ford. That's quite exciting. And Semi Radrada. And maybe Manu Tuolangi. Yeah. And by the way, if you want to watch the. Uh, well, no, I can't say that. Um, <laughs> well, no, I can't because they don't play here. I was going to say, if you want to watch the Wolfpack, they're in Manchester. But you can't watch them because they don't play in Manchester. They just train in Manchester. True. When they're over here. And they'll play. Within half an hour of Manchester, most games. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Go, go to your local. Well, say go to your local Super League. You your don't closest. have a local Super League club unless you're in Manchester. Go to your closest. Which case you've got seven. And then we've got loads: Salford, yeah. Warrington, St Helens, Wigan, Widnes, Widnes. Well, there was a, Huddersfield. Allegedly, Salford City Reds made a bid for Manu like two years ago. I'm not sure how serious the under bid Kukash. was. Under Kukash. Under yeah, Kukash. Um, source of wealth unknown. Uh, yeah, if, if if you think that the Saracens players' sources are wealthy, <laughs> mysterious. Well, good luck. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for Super League. So two more, two more bits of uh, yeah. news. Um, both a bit more light-hearted. So allegedly, Haskell is going into the jungle. Good. That will be great entertainment. That'll be great. It will be great entertainment. I don't know how he's going to have time to run all his businesses and be a UFC fighter or a cage fighter. And go into the jungle. He'll, he'll find he, time. He, will make he it is work. remarkable at time management. It's, it's very good, very good thinking that he's holding back the the wedding till after he's in the jungle. He got married last year, didn't he? Did he get married? I no, he got engaged. I, no, think, I he's think married. He, I think he got married ah. this summer. I want to say. Oh well, fair play because he's done that. I, I didn't realise he's done that uh, under the radar. I find him absolutely magnetic. Mm. Do I find him magnetic enough to watch jungle? Maybe I do. Maybe there's definitely some good. Sound bites and highlights. We missed. I need a, bo- a bona fide, proper international player like James Haskell, a few years younger, to go in on Love Island. That's the one that I want to see. <laughs> Henry Slade. Henry Slade on Love Island. Slade. I mean, he's he's got a girlfriend. So. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, but he's not married yet. Henry Slade on Love time. Island. Who's Jonathan it? Joseph on. on Love Island. Yeah. No, we have discussed uh, discussed Love Island before, and frankly. Too many of the lads now, as we discussed with Dylan Hartley, they're just not, they're not interesting enough. So not El- Ellis Genge on Love Island. <laughs> now we're talking. Yes. <laughs> That's yeah, the one. I think, I think, what did we come to a conclusion that we wanted um, the prop, uh, what's his name, the massive prop from Claremont to go in. Zirikashvili. <laughs> yeah, that, 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 that's like my number one choice. Um, yeah, but, actually, any of the Georgians. Uh, well, I want Camille Shat. To go on Love Island, <laughs> yeah, neck. <laughs> get that neck on Love Island. And the fi- final bit of news before we finally get onto Champions Cup, uh, which is a nice lead into Champions Cup. So Racing ninety two have got some player issues, player yes, management issues. So there's two things. Ben Tamifuna has too been fat to play. Has been told he's too fat to play. He's got to lose twenty kilos before We're- he's in condition to play in the top 14 (laughs) (laughs) we've all been there Um, and the other one um, I don't know if there's been any developments over the weekend on this but as of the mid to the end of last week Leone Nakarawa 
was in Fiji and uncontactable. Mm. So he should have reported for training at least a couple of weeks ago. He is probably one of the highest paid players in the world because he's one of the most talented players in the world. Uh, I'm not sure he is that highly paid. Well, didn't he leave Glasgow to get a big deal and never really got one and then ended up there? He'll no, be fine. no, he left Glasgow for Racing. No, that, that was no, no he was deal. unattached. What? Yeah, he was unattached. Nakarawa. Yep, have a look. He left Glasgow, couldn't get a deal, and finally landed with... Um, Rubbish. I, I couldn't get a deal. I, I No, it might right. well it might well be that he voluntarily went on the... Went no, off no, as no, a free no, agent. No, no, his... Oh, I see there's no, saying. there's no way that he went. Please, someone he give me a, a contract. He was no, unattached. I'm not giving you a contract. He was no, unattached. Rubbish. Um, yeah, he might, he may well have been unattached. He might have gone and played. Thought, um, shall I play some seven? Shall I go back to Fiji for a bit? Shall I chill out? There's no shall way. Shall I chill out? <laughs> he's doing it now. <laughs> yes, that's very, very fair. Um, well, yeah, uh, Daniel. Yeah, the, the, the only Google posts with uh, Leone Nakarawa unattached refer to the 2011 World Cup when he was in the same Fiji team as Nicky Little, who was unattached. Oh, right. Okay. Um, I mean, if you want to trust Google over me, be it on your head. <laughs> I know which way I'd go. Any other news? No. That's it. That's it. So, so you, Europe this weekend. All the games are on BT Sport. And you're, you'll be at some of the games, right? Um, I'm, I'm there on Friday night for the big and one so as is, it opens up. And so is Phil. You're there uh, at, you, not Friday night. You're at King's Home? No. I'm at um, Scotston. Is that not Friday night? No, it's Saturday. Oh. But yeah. hey, hey listen, early, early there, there is um, just scores to keep an eye on as well. Uh, the first game of the weekend is actually at 11 a.m. in Yenisei, STM, Kras, oh, yeah. whatever, wherever that is. NSI. NSI. Is it NSI? It's NSI. S- is it in Russia? NSI, STM. That is NSI. Yep. Yeah. Because yeah. it's in. Like quite far east Russia, yeah. So NSI, Siberia, yeah. NSI are the ones where I think AJ McGinty made his debut there in minus thirty-five. In minus thirty-five, it, it's one of the best rugby stories I've ever heard, actually. Um, and I didn't even hear it from AJ McGinty. I heard it from the guys who run uh, the Craggy Island podcast for Connacht Rugby, and it is magnificent. Uh, yeah, min- yeah, minus thirty. They have, to, they have to commit to play one game at home. So, anyway, the Challenge Cup, um, our message to those sides is uh, good luck in your games, be better, and you'll get more coverage on yep. podcasts like ours. Uh, the cha- uh, by the way, will we be covering Saracens in the Challenge Cup next year? Because they were better, but they'll still be there. Well, there's uh, an interesting point. Or, they just be better or... Or don't cheat. Yes. yes. Be better or don't cheat. Yes, fine. Those things. Uh, so, Friday night, first game in Pool 5, Gloucester host Toulouse. So I checked up on the on the Toulouse situation today. They are mid table. Unsurprisingly, the top fourteen is in complete flux. So um, my prediction is Toulouse might be very good or very bad, and Gloucester <laughs> might be very good or very bad, and one of these teams will win on Friday night, to- uh, providing that there's not a draw. Toulouse do now at least have the spine of the French team back, mm-hmm. which will make a which difference. could be very good or very bad. Did you? Did you? Yeah, true. Did you see the Romain Entomac try? No, was it amazing? Little chip over, and then yeah, it was the feet were oh, sensational. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'll help you out with this with this, with the second fixture, uh, sale to win away at Glasgow. Well, uh, we yes, that is hundred percent. That is in pool two. Big, I think Faf. I think Faf is back too. Big game. Yep. Faf will still be drying out. 
he's 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 a very sensible professional. He'll he'll be ready to go if required. <laughs> if if required. Uh, don't need him. Papier. Papier. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm quite a, looking forward to that. Uh, that's okay. an interesting one to call. If anyone's at that game, come and say hello. Yeah. What, what do you reckon, Phil? As you as you'll go in, you'll have taken more of an interest. Well, no, actually, you'll have taken more in it, more more of a closer interest in it than me, but not of JB. Obviously, <laughs> well, I, true. I, I've been a large fan of Glasgow. I've been to watch Glasgow training. Yeah. I've been yeah. to visit them. Yeah, I will be taking a strong interest in how Glasgow get get on this year against me, your team. Give me Glasgow. Give me Glasgow, Glasgow. at home. Yeah, I'm, I'm minded to there's, there's edge a lot for of, Glasgow. There's a lot of Scottish players who've got some wrongs to right this season. They mm. want to make a real go at that. And, mm. and Glasgow are a good team. Yeah, they are a good team, but they won't be good enough. And there again, do you remember when we thought that Leicester Tigers, I mean, this was on the start of the decline, that when we thought Leicester Tigers would go up there and spank Glasgow and got absolutely yeah. annihilated. So, yeah, they are good. I say sale, but it will be easy. The other lunchtime game in Pool 3, um, and this is the other one I'm working at this weekend, I'm very Isn't much it? looking forward to Bath against Ulster. They've, they've really, they've really yeah. congested your, your travel down for you, concentrated it. Well, it's Gloucester and, Perfect, that, and Bath. It? Yeah, okay. I mean, it's it's a late finish and a relatively early, early start. Relative. Relative. Yeah. yeah. I'm, not, I'm, not, not, no, I'm not down the pit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's such a hard job, Tim. How'd you do it? Well, <laughs> it's, hard, it's hard in other ways, JB. <laughs> they could have sent you to Connacht and NSI. Yeah. Connacht but, on Friday night, NSI Saturday. Yeah, that's the kickoff. That's what you deserve, Tim. But <laughs> here's, here's a thought. If, they, if I were looking for a DOR for an English club, Dan McFarland might be a guy the that I would hand the keys to. a fantastic shout. Yes, agreed. So, um... Yeah, watch this space. Watch this space for, for him. Any struggling clubs, mentioning no names because we've mentioned them lots of times already. Yep. Yes. Although Ulster had a disappointing loss to Munster. Uh, let's not talk about Yeah, it's frustrating. There are other podcasts to deal with. Away, away at Munster is unsurprising. Is yeah. it? Uh, uh, we'll have to do a job there. We'll, uh, how many of their internationals will they have back for that one? It'll have been Jonathan, two weeks Jonathan since Joseph. the World Cup final. Yeah, Jonathan Joseph will Co- play. Well, Jonathan Joseph's around. Cock and Singh will be around. McConaughey will be around. Yeah. Watson will be, be around. Watson might not play. He, he took some heavy hits. But you only need like three of them. But you've got McCock- McCockney yeah. and Thock yeah. and Singer. Yeah. 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 Nice. Underhill, probably not. I Yeah, that's a different sort of ask, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, the toll that his body took. Who else? Francois Lowe, Lowe, though. Francois Lowe, yeah. Crikey. Yeah. There's some big upgrades to, uh, to come for Bath. Yeah. Good uh, yeah, news oh, that for Bath. I don't know. So I'll, go, is, I'll go for Bath at home. Problem is, their fly halves just aren't very good. I mean, it is a massive problem. But pr- oh, what? we might have some Burns but on Burns ha- action but- here. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Burns on Burns action. That's the whole storyline pre show. I'm having that. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Cheers, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, when, when I got round to doing my research, that would have been obviously <laughs> top of the list. I just haven't oh, yeah. done it, oh, I just oh, haven't oh, done oh, it oh, yet. Oh, There's two Burns playing. I wonder if they're related. Yeah. First, first degree burns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. Um, La Rochelle, Exeter. Um, oh, sorry. Have we said that Bath are going to beat Elster? I, we think, I think Bath will win. Fine, yeah. done. Yeah. Um, La Rochelle, back Exeter, in pool that, two. That is not an easy place for Exeter to go. But they've got the good narrative from Baxter for the I'd love to be That'd going be there, though. Game. That's yeah. one of my favourite stadiums yeah. to go and watch a game at. It's brilliant. Oh, that, that sales group, group as well. Yeah, um, Pool 2. Glasgow, Sorry, Glasgow's Irish group. Exeter. Uh, 
I don't know. I, I don't know. Exeter have a, a nasty habit of not doing well in Europe. La Rochelle's mm. hard. Give me La Rochelle. Yes, I tend to agree with that. I think La Rochelle at home. La Rochelle led by Roman Agora. I think home and wins. Well, away wins are priceless in, uh, yeah. in Champions Cup. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, give me a La Rochelle. For everything else, there's joint investment companies. So that's Pool 2 <laughs> taken care of. Pool, pool 3, uh, Bathory, Bathory Ulster we mentioned. The other one is Claremont Quinns, a, a replay of the semi-final in the Challenge Cup yeah, last year. Good luck. And Claremont will win as they did in uh, that semi-final. So the question is, yes. how much will Claremont win by? Um, 15 points. Minim- 15 points? Minimum. Minimum. Uh, give me 20 points minimum. <laughs> Oh, these French state stadiums are so. Even if you're not a, a fan of Quinns or Exeter or whatever, just, if you can go to one, just oh, go. There's the, so much fun. Have you called the Lancer Treviso game? No, no. I, I was just doing the, the, the chalking off pool three. Uh, oh, oh, okay, okay. I see. What uh, the, 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 yeah, the other pool one game, uh, Leinster Benetton. Benetton, obviously. Yeah. Uh, Benetton have done it before, and they'll do it again. Uh, I think this might be Leinster. Leinster sure with all their boys back. What about Treviso with all their boys back? All their boys back, yeah. The, the, I have to say that the pro four, the all pro fourteen games, dynamite, feel less glam, much less glamorous, don't, I don't they? Why you'd say that? Leinster Benetton and Ospreys Munster. Ospreys Munster, crikey! I mean that should Ospreys Munster in in the traditions of the cup. When you think back to some of the players and some of the teams, that should be a a dynamite game, but it just isn't, is it? No, it's just not. isn't. Um, give me Munster. And Leinster. Agreed. And then on to Sunday, and we just mentioned Leinster and Benetton. In pool one, they are with Northampton and Leon. We go head-to-head. Good test. Come on, Leon. Good test Come for on, Leon. You well, can yeah, do it. Particularly with their... They're going to need to spend a lot of time on the scrummaging machine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Damn right they are. As uh, was... I'm trying to think, was... The other Franks. Franks? Uh, Owen Franks. He hasn't played yet. Is in the country. Is... So that he was available for selection this weekend, just gone. So yeah. I think he will play. Yeah, it's also highly, highly likely that for Leon we will be seeing Matthew Bastereau packed down at eight. He's been doing it pretty regularly for the first half of almost ev- almost when, every every game. When does he go to uh, New York? Not before Saturday, unfortunately for Connacht. <laughs> um, is it Connacht? They're playing. No, sorry, Northampton. Northampton. Yeah. Um, but th- I mean, these these guys are genuinely, genuinely very good now. Like their pack is more more than solid. That's like they've got lads like Denver Bamba, Xavier uh, Z- Xavier Choque. Um, well, they, they're comfortably G- top of, comfortably top of the top fourteen. Yeah, and with a in nine games a plus one hundred and sixty five point difference. Yeah, like two or so the players there now. It, it's just ridiculous. They've got a ridiculously good. good Good, good, uh, a good team. The That'll bit, be a proper test. For it will. Uh, That's a really big test. Um, yeah, because they're going to have to front up big time. I think they'll the win because it's yeah. at home. I think you're probably right. Well, um, I, I don't know. That, the pack. The pack. The pack is massive. And uh, Leon, after yeah. getting their record-breaking uh, de- debut you. season, um, um, no, actually, I'm not. Uh, it's the pack. That's in the balance. That one. It's the pack. Leon, yeah. Leon will surprise you. Yes, they always do. They always will do will Bigger be back? Um, and yeah, you've got World Cup players, Courtney Laws, and um, the other uh, guy, Lud- Ludlum. Ludlum, Ludlum, yeah, and Piers Francis, and bigger, and Piers Francis. Piers Francis. Thank God. Uh, maybe Northampton should pack t- Naravoro down at eight against Bastero. That'd be good. Anyway, uh, the big game on Sunday: Racing ninety-two against Saracens in the was it Defence Arena. Defense. La Defense Arena. Not only, not only is it the coolest looking, it's the coolest named. 
It is. It's just the coolest club, isn't it? Uh, and they've got turmoil, which makes them even cooler. I don't turmoil know. versus turmoil. Which which turmoil would you prefer? Saracens any day of the week. <laughs> it's not as exciting, is it? I mean, Saracens should lose. Saracens should do a lot of things. It's. I, I, I do you know? I just don't see Saracens losing again for a long, long time. Give me Saracens. Saracens. It'll be interesting to see how many of their England styles do play. I think they go for Cruis. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's hard to say with the others because they have got so many minutes and, and, and their belts already. Singleton might come off the bench Sing- again. Yes, Singleton. They probably won't play the Vanapolas. Yeah, or Cock, or Marrow. maybe Cock. Maybe Cock. Yeah, bench Figolo. F- Figolo should play. Reese Care. Uh, Mr. Telly has been playing. It's only when you start listing Reece off Carrey, players yeah. that you. Yeah. Um, I'll be alright. Liam Williams is probably injured. That's the time. Liam Williams might be missing Six Nations. That bad. No, he might not be back until Six Nations. I thought missing Six Nations. Mm. It's t- yeah, possibly touch and go. Okay. Uh, but anyway, give me Rassing at home. Give me Saracens yeah, away. Probably Rassing just. And pool five, Connacht, uh, Montpellier. Um, Connacht, Connacht. Um, Montpellier. G- give me Connacht. Connacht at home. It's a horrible place to go to. Montpellier as an away player. Lovely place to go to if you're and a fan. The, and that is the Champions Cup. And that is a podcast. Bloody marathon podcast, Jesus. Quick note, if anyone is still listening, if you want the excitement of Fancy Rugby Draft and the excitement of uh, Heineken Cup Rugby, you can combine both. What? How? There is is Fancy Rugby Draft specifically for the um, Heineken Cup. So it's not as laborious as... um, or uh, Laborious is the wrong word. Not as totally draining of all your time and all your senses and all of your thoughts on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday as the regular game. Yeah, you don't have to, you don't have to neglect every your, week. Exactly. You don't What's have to really good about fantasy rugby draft or, is when you're yeah. when you're at work and you're doing it, it looks like kind of like a spreadsheet. It does, doesn't it? <laughs> um the other thing that is good is it's always 12 o'clock on a Friday. So if you really if you're really into it like I am this year because I'm undefeated. Have I mentioned I'm undefeated? Who's got an alarm set on their phone for like 11.55am um, on a Friday? Who's got all of uh, the Twitter um, alerts ready? So, so when the teams announce, announce, <laughs> they, they, they they're all supposed to flash up. Not what, me. you mean, who's got a list? It might, might be. It might be that. A list in Twitter. No no comment as to whether I have one. Yeah, <laughs> I, no I, I don't have one either. <laughs> but I arrange where I'm going to be so, you know, I might treat myself to a nice Italian so I can sit there with my um, with my big iPad and my phone, ready to go, ready to trade, <laughs> and it's paying it's, it's paying dividends. You know, I've got many players from across the, the league and all different teams, <laughs> and it's because I know everything about every team, which I'm I managed to be great at fantasy rugby. You are feast or famine. You're doing really well after oh, dreadfully. And what's what's different actually is the same the, same the, strategies every year, Tim. Same strategy as every year. Yeah, you're right. Just one in three. One in <laughs> yeah. three is a, a better hit rate than I've had. I've, I've got the playoffs twice, but not a sausage. Oh dear. Oh dear. And and on that note, the guy that's won our league twice, Bryn Williams, uh, scored nine point nine. That's incredible this week. With, with a legit, he put out players in every position. Um, none of them got double points. <laughs> not uh, double figures. Sorry, none of them achieved double figures. The closest to double figures. Was Paolo Adogu who scored minus eight point nine? Well done, well done, Bruno. 
<laughs> oh, what a great way to end a wow. wonderful podcast. Well done, everyone. Right, you know where to find us. You know what to do. Let the boys play. Bye-bye. At the UPS Store, we know things can get busy this upcoming holiday. You can count on us to be open and ready to help with any packing and shipping or anything else you might need. Is there anything you can't do? Um, actually, I don't have a good singing voice. <clears throat> the UPS... Nope. But our certified packing experts can pack and ship just about anything. At least that's good. The UPS Store. Be unstoppable. Most locations are independently owned. Product services, pricing, and hours of operation may vary. See center for details. Come in today to get your holiday goodies there on time. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.